Boom, boom, baby. It's episode 52 of Hotline League. Oh my gosh. Guys, It is. this is a historic episode. A historic episode because I've been doing uh, these for over a year now. And I have always done one, them with a man who's unenthe- unenthusiastic. He, he's you know he's barely awake when he's on the show. And that's all changing. We're, we're going to get to that in a second. But also, we got Nate Shot on the show. He's he's responding to you know some of that, some of that community sentiment. Uh, he's coming on the show to talk to you. He's going to be on in the second half of the show. And uh, and by the way, did you hear finals are coming up? We've got the guy casting it. All that more right here on Hotline League episode 52. 52. Right, and here's where the mystery sponsor part comes up. Just so you know, this is mystery sponsor. They're going to be announced soon. Very excited to talk about it. Either way, let's get into the show. I've got Captain Flowers here as my co-host. Captain Flowers, you came in in the very last minute uh, today and saved my ass. Thank you for doing that. Yeah, dude, absolutely. That's what it's all about. You got to yeah. help out the boys when asses need saved. Yes, and uh, this the, the I know this was the most exciting announcement for you to make today, but the second most exciting announcement, <laughs> yeah, of course, of course, is that you're casting the finals. Hell yeah! Okay, so before we get into uh, everything, I have to ask you. So I think you tweeted. I'm going to go back and look at your Twitter. You went back. You tweeted, and you're like, "My goal this year was to cast the semifinals, and now I get to do that." Yep. Um, and now, but now you're casting the finals. Yep. So how did you know that when you tweeted the semifinal thing? No. Okay. They came up to no. you. Actually, I did. Okay. I already, I already did know. So originally I was not in the running for casting finals. But after I had a very strong performance at the beginning of the tournament, they told me to go ahead and fill out the Korean visa application and that I was now being considered. They hadn't made a decision yet, but I was now in the pool for people being considered. And then after my quarterfinals cast was done, they told me that I had been given the role for the grand final. Okay. And to not fuck my voice up. So when you when you said like my goal was to make it to semifinals and then you, and you were actually like and guess what they don't know that I'm also going to finals. Yeah, exactly. It was I I had that one hidden away in the back pocket. Okay. But to be fair, I was still being honest. I yeah. just wasn't telling the entirety of the truth. I was 100% honest about the 80% of information that I revealed. Yeah, that is true. That is 200 true. 200 IQ. Well, for those of you that are wondering what happened to Mark I told this a little bit before stream, but I'll say it as well for the VOD and for the people that are just showing up. So uh, we had this show planned for a while, and uh, Mark was was ready for it. We were excited. Nate Shot was going to come on. Last night at 12.30 a.m., I got a message from Mark that said, Hey, uh, can we do the show earlier? Because it turns out I was supposed to go on vacation uh, and my and I I thought it was going to be on Wednesday. Turns out it's Tuesday. My significant other is very unhappy with me. Um, and so I was like, okay, I'm, I got I'm falling asleep. I'm exhausted. I'm still recovering from jet lag. I uh, I said I'll deal with this in the morning. Woke up and he's like, hey, I'm out for a week. Can't do it. So Captain Flowers came in to save the day. So thank you to Captain Flowers. Excited about yeah. that. Um, I think this will be fun. Yeah. And then, uh, as I said at the start of the show, Nate Shot is coming in, and the second half of the show because I thought it was it would be weird to have Nate Shot. You know, like we want to separate the conversation around finals and semifinals from all the conversation with Nate Shot, where he's coming on to sort of address some of the community sentiment around Hunter T. 
And, uh, and so that's, he's going to come on. We're going to talk about that stuff then. So, uh, I don't know, Captain Flowers, let's talk about this or start off with, uh, worlds. Are yeah, you dude, first talk some worlds? First off, when did you wake up today? Cause I assume you're Kobe's still asleep in the other room. I assume that so you're still on that schedule. schedule doesn't exist. Like since, so here's the thing. I actually back before I joined riot, I had been on a plane, I think like three times in my life once out to once out to riot for interviews once back from riot for interviews when i interviewed for the spot and once when i flew back from helping my at the time girlfriend move across the country okay so i had never really been on a plane before i'm really bad at being able to sleep on planes i'm just really uncomfortable and i can't do it so i know that going into this 12-hour flight to korea there's just no chance of me being able to keep any sort of a sleep schedule so I'm just like, I'm going to wake up and go to bed for the next couple of days when I feel like it. So I woke up randomly today at like uh, like 10 a.m. It wasn't even abnormal. Okay, because yeah, I you woke for, up at standard time. Yeah, because I slept for like 20 hours beforehand. Yeah. 20, wait, 20 hours? Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I was really tired. <laughs> yeah, apparently. What were you doing beforehand? I had i was trying to still maintain schedule but i didn't get much sleep the night before because the schedule so during worlds when you had when we had like the back to back to back to back stuff of like play-ins through groups through quarters it's actually easier to maintain the schedule because you constantly have work and you constantly have things to do and prep right. and everything like that when it got to simis and like now when you have five days in between the games it's super hard to stay on that schedule when you have no actual reason to stay on that schedule in the in the short term, in the day to day. So that was really difficult. And it was just really racking me to be able to keep that lined up. But like I said, knowing that the plane was going to be tough, I was like, all right, I'm just going to let myself sleep, let my body like catch up, grab some rest. And apparently 20 hours was the name of the game. Jesus, that is crazy. Uh, well, I I good luck on the transition. When do you you fly tomorrow, right? Yep. Okay. What time? Uh around I think it's just before noon the plane leaves. So okay. going to go to the airport like 10. Okay. So you're going to be awake probably until then. Yeah, that's the plan. Cuz after I'm done here, I'm going back to the office to finish the prep. Prep's 2 thirds done for okay. the worlds. Well, that that actually should work out okay cuz then you'll fall asleep at when you board the plane, you'll be awake when you land. Yeah. And I think that's kind of around the time. That's what I did. And I think you'll be okay. So hopefully right, hell yeah. everything works out. Um, all right. So if you guys haven't watched the show before, or you're watching it for the first time, uh, or you're Captain Flowers and you're co-hosting for the first time, the way it works yeah. is we have uh, we have a bunch of people. I'm going to spam Discord uh, right now in chat. Uh, if you ever need to, you could just do exclamation mark Discord. It's just discord.gg slash Travis. And uh, you join that server. Uh, you you want to join the Pleb Topics channel. Uh, that's where you put your topic in. We're not looking for necessarily questions. I mean, if you can put a question if you think it's like an interesting question or it's a hot take. But what we really want is like uh, a topic. Like I think IG is going to 3-0. Or uh, here's why. I think Fnatic is going to 3-0. I think C9 doesn't deserve any praise this world. Or what, whatever crazy thing you want to you talk about. Um, and then once that happens, uh, I'll be taking a look 
Uh, normally Mark does this. I'll be looking at keeping an eye out. I'll move you. You have to be in the call channel because if you put your topic in, we can't move you into the, the waiting room unless you're you're waiting in one of the pleb topic calls or the, the sub calls. So make sure you've joined one of the voice channels. Um, and then we'll we'll move you into the waiting room. Just wait patiently there. At some point in time, Captain Flyers will come get you. Uh, and just make sure your audio and everything is good. If you are a sub, uh, you can be sure to uh, sync your sub uh, with the discord swing your sync your twitch account with discord that will allow you to post on the subtopics thing it doesn't give you that much of an edge but it moves a little slower and i do check that as well so uh that's how this goes uh now i need to start looking for stuff normally mark is just doing this time filling so now i'm going to let you fill captain flyer so what did you think right. this weekend of semifinals semifinal so coming into semifinals i was actually surprised that we got two three zeros because with the way the rest of the tournament played out and the way that everything has just sort of blown everyone's expectations out of the water, I was like, oh, yeah, coming into this, no such thing as favorites anymore. Anything could go any way. You never know what's going to happen. We're going to have some bloodbaths. It's going to be crazy. And then 3-0, 3-0. I'm like, all right, well, hopefully this just means the finals are going to be crazy. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's I interesting. Think, Semi or Quarters are normally whenever you start, you see those like stomps. But then quarters this year were yeah. crazy. And then it was actually the semis that were kind of the stompy stuff. I just love the fact that if you would have, like, if you hop into the time machine, go back in time a month and tell people some of the stuff that happened this world. NA makes semis. G2 eliminates RNG. Korean, reigning Korean world champion fails to make it out of groups. They would all want to drug test you. Like, <laughs> no way anybody would believe any of that but yet that's the timeline that we're in and that is crazy to me i love it i am so excited for the fact that we've got fanatic versus ig in the finals that's so hype yeah that's so hype yeah i uh i'm pretty excited to see how it goes i think it's really fun too because we're coming off of two three o's and so it like it really makes it look like both these teams are super strong and I think should build a ton of hype for the the finals. I think it's also kind of nice that we have a Western team versus an Asian team in the finals because yeah. uh, we've never had that before. Like, uh, obviously, we wouldn't have ever had a Western Western either if you don't count season one. But uh, yeah. I think it just allows for like the the ultimate, the penultimate rivalry, right? Which is mm -hmm. East versus West to sort of take hold in the finals. It'll be good for viewership. It's 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 good stuff. So I'm pretty Absolutely. excited. About it. Yeah, it's not only the first East versus West final. But it's the first final with the current Worlds format where the two teams are both from the same group. Yeah. Like, Fnatic and IG just beat up 100 Thieves and G-Rex and give us your lunch money. And they were like, all right, we're going to go to opposite ends of the playground. And then we're going to come right back before the bell rings. And we have to go back to class and beat each other up. And yeah. this is going to be awesome. Yeah. It should be pretty hype. Excited for it. Uh, all right. So we do have people in the waiting room. So uh, if you want to drop down there, Captain Flowers, and uh, talk to them and see if you know their stuff is in order and then pull whichever one you feel like it uh i'm gonna all go right. ahead and read out some subs as you go on your adventure uh, all right thank you, you thank you to <laughs> toes 19x pilgrim panda for two months uh coco sanchez uh for eight months dr lemon lime Kevin duck uh dr manhattan gift us up to m trinock uh willed wild arms willy subbed toesly subbed uh let's see we got caroos 44 LCK dominates well not this year and hype love shack with 100 bits uh, purple ray Q resub for seven months as well 
Uh, looks, I see Captain Flyer is doing some work down there. I'm excited about this. He's he's filling that Mark Z role. Uh, by the way, everyone, I hear a rumor. I hear a rumor that Mark Z will be able to join perhaps by a voice call. All right. I found a guy to Scarnerald in here. You ready? Okay, yeah, ready. Okay. 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 OPTSM o- fan, welcome. Yeah, OPTSM fan, welcome to the show. Uh, have you been on before? Hey, I feel like you've been on before. Yeah, I've been on a couple of times, yeah. uh, a few times. Well, yeah. remind me where you're calling from. Uh, Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas. Okay, very good. Well, uh, thank you for being a Twitch sub. What do you want to talk about on the show tonight? Uh, basically, I've just been seeing a lot of traction about like how, whether it's Jezus or Ellis or some analysts saying uh, that this year's Worlds in terms of quality of gameplay has been incredibly subpar, and I just uh, entirely disagree with that. Yeah, there are a lot of more mistakes being made, but that's because of the changes of like Tracker's Knife and everything. I even think Papa Smithy said it on the dive about how there was a uh, like playbook that you would do. You would set up vision, you would establish it, and then you would go around and you'd make uh, you know your decisions based on your vision. Now you have less vision, so the fog of war is the fog of war, and you have to be more respectful of your opponents. And I think that this world has shown that when you can make these more aggressive plays because there's less information available, obviously it's better to watch as a viewer, but it rewards you for taking those more, um, I guess, proactive plays. Uh, and I think that some, especially as we've seen the Eastern teams and Korean teams, just didn't adapt as much. So I don't think we should downplay the Western team's success because they adapted faster and realized that before the rest of the teams. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I think it's a really interesting topic because I, I kind of anticipated this as the meta looked a little bit crazier than in past years, and as the Western teams started to pop up, we don't have like an SKT or something. People start to be like, "Well, this world's you know it doesn't count as much because maybe maybe <laughs> maybe count. the West you know they don't have as much of a challenge. They didn't get as good as the other, whatever." I and I just think it's kind of a a weird thing to try to go out and say it's like oh. All these teams suck this year. That's why it's working out. Uh, I mean, I I don't know. What do you think of all this, Captain Flyers? So I like to look at this. Like, this entire season has obviously been full of more changes than any other previous season, like, bar none, right? Just look at everything that was happening in bottom lane for to start off. And the adaptation thing is so big for me because the more chaotic the game is, the more, the less of that perfect strategy, like you were talking about with Papa Smithy and saying, hey, there's pretty much a routine to how you play League of Legends, mm-hmm. the easier it is for teams of a comparatively lower skill level to manage to catch their opponents by surprise. And I'm going to use Golden Guardians as an example from NALCS because Golden <laughs> Guardians got last place two splits in a row. That is not a good record. But yet Golden Guardians were able to take games off of teams way higher ranked than them in the middle of summer split. They even took games off of Liquid, who was the best team in the North American LCS in the regular season. And why did they do this? Because they stopped doing this bullshit of everyone has to copy Korea, copy Korea, copy Korea. Whoever can copy their homework the fastest and the cleanest gets second place. And they were just like, no, we're going to play Heimerdinger, dude. And that, to me, is what everybody should have been doing to begin with. I was as like a Western fan for the past few years. I've watched professional League of Legends and I've been like, boy, sure is fun competing for a silver medal to the Koreans because we all try to copy their style and do nothing else. And then this year, people are like, 
nah, man, we're going to play our picks. We're going to have Licorice go top lane with Hecarim. And we're going to have Brox to play Chad Rexai in the semifinals. And we're just going to do all this stuff that fits us so much better. And yeah, it's and I, so much more fun. I, I totally agree. And I think that's why we've seen like the LPL be so dominant this year, uh, even with the chance to technically as a region sweep the year if IG wins Worlds, because their play style has always been this way, regardless of how they play around Vision. Uh, and I wouldn't say regardless. Also, I just want to address one thing. I don't want to like mischaracterize people like LS and Jezus. I don't think that they're like Korean apologists or anything like that. Those people, like they call out and you can still play the exact same style that the Koreans have played. You just have to be one more respectful to your uh, the enemy because there's less information available. So instead of making uh, a 100% certain like, oh, their jungler's not here or, you know, we know that this is warded or we know we have vision there. Now you have to guess. It's like, okay, now I have to make an educated guess. I didn't see him on the top side of the map, but then there's X place and X place without vision. So now I have to decide what to do next going forward. So I just, I wanted to put that out there. I see a lot of people in chat being like, oh, Ellis, Korean apologist, blah, 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 ha, ha. You know, but it's it, it's not like that. I just, I think that what Captain Flowers was saying and other people have said is that adaptability at the highest level, I think, is the most, uh, I think, important thing in terms of, and we've said it every year, so why why wouldn't it be any different this year? We've always said, whoever adapts first at Worlds <clears throat> to the meta will succeed, and that's happened this year, but now because it's like Western teams like Cloud9, G2, Fnatic, who's made finals, it's like, oh, yeah, uh, it's, it's got to be different. We've dumbed down the game. That's why Western teams are doing good. I mean, I think it's fun because uh, this whole conversation creates a really big, uh, interesting dialogue around, like, what is League of Legends, right? Is it supposed to yeah. be about controlling vision? Is it about the team fights? Is it about whatever? The fun thing, I think, for broadcast or for uh, viewers about the broadcast this year is that I think a lot of people have wanted League of Legends esports to be more action-packed, right? I think we talked about this yeah. on the last episode uh, where Kelby had frequently talked about how he kind of compared like a lot of the action you see in Dota to some of the games in League where it's like we're at the 20-minute mark and there's three kills. Uh, it's yeah. I love seeing all the action this year, and I think you know uh, team fights take a, a ton of skill as well and figuring out how to position yourself, figuring out how to like counter uh, some of the aggression that you're going to see from other teams. Like I think that stuff is really enjoyable, and so uh, I, I love the idea that this can be this year's League of Legends. And that's what I think it comes down to, is I'm not trying to say that the Korean style of League of Legends, the traditional Korean style of like the slower pace, the macro game, like the way that we saw a lot of League be played for the past few years, I'm not saying it's bad. And I'm not saying that you're bad if you try to play that way. I'm saying I think it was bad that everybody else tried to emulate that when they weren't good at it. But it itself isn't bad. It's mm -hmm. just one way to play the game. And the problem is, when you look at what League of Legends is at its base, it is a video game. Now, why do people play video games? Want to have fun. And for the, I would be willing to bet any given day that more people want to see individual outplays. They want to see big, exciting fights. They want to see that kind of gameplay as opposed to, and this is my personal opinion, do not take it anything as such, anything, anything else the resident sleeper that was lane swaps. That was the darkest time in all of League of Legends for me. I literally would not watch the first 12 minutes of any game. I would just use it to go get snacks because I already knew what was going to happen. Like, 
and that's what it's kind of coming down to is the game is changing. The game is shifting. And while, yes, you can say that things have been sloppier just because that's kind of the way the game is leaning towards, I don't think... I think that the kind of stuff that those people are saying about how, yeah, the, the level of play hasn't overall been as high. Things seem more chaotic. Things seem more sloppy at different points. There's definitely credibility to that. But at the same point, you then pose the question, is a more chaotic game bad? And in my opinion, it, it is not. And I look forward to more games like this and hopefully a finals that is five games of them. Yeah. Well, I think, and I think, I think that just to wrap it up is that with IG and Fnatic, you're going to see some of the best potential solo laners in the world having those 1v1 outplays. You know, we're kind of having an extended, like, best of seven between these guys if it does go to four or five games because of how their games went in group stage and the tiebreaker game. And I, I, I totally agree with you on that. From, from like, a, an analytical standpoint, I don't necessarily see, like, people just kind of running around and making a solo queue game. So, like in terms of that being a sloppy game. I know that's not what you're saying, but just to address that, I don't like seeing it that way. But in terms of like seeing like people master this game and be able to adapt and do it so quickly to where you can see them not only just adjust to the game and the state of it being like more chaotic or proactive plays paying off more, but then being able to master it and then execute at that high level, which I think both Fnatic and IG obviously have done. I think that's the best type of League of Legends. Yeah. Best of both worlds. Very good. Well, hey, thank you so much, uh, OPTSM fan, for the call. Uh, super interesting topic, and uh, glad that we had somebody to call in and, and talk about it because I think a lot of people are discussing it. So thanks so much. Yeah, thanks, guys. Take care. Yeah, have a good one. Take it easy, buddy. All right, moving on uh, to the next caller. If you want to go find your next uh, Skarner ult. All right, uh, ulti's off cooldown, BRB. Okay. Uh, Purple Ray Q, thank you for the resub. Raldios for eight months. Uh, I am Elvis with nine months says uh, best way to celebrate nine months together. Captain flowers is the chat of casters. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. Sort with uh, Twitch prime and then Pokemon three, eight, three, two months in a row says, guess who's back. I guess it's Pokemon three, eight, three given that. Uh, thanks everyone for tuning in tonight. I know it's a Tuesday. Uh, if you are just tuning in, we got Captain flowers in the guest co-host role tonight. We're going to have Nate Shot on in just about half an hour to talk about 100 Thieves. Uh, looking forward to all of that. Uh, <laughs> ours brings such an upbeat vibe. It's so different. Yes. Mark is uh, low energy at times. So uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, it's Tuesday. We're doing it one uh, one day late because we were all coming back uh, from TwitchCon yesterday, I think. So So Lobster, thank you for the Twitch Prime. Very all nice right. of you. Scarner all ready. Here okay. comes a dude. Okay, here we go. Andrew, right. welcome, Andrew welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Hi. Uh, where are you calling from? I am in Fargo, North Dakota. Fargo, North Dakota. I think we've had you on before, yes? Uh, not me, but there was another guy from Fargo, and okay. I was very excited to hear that. Is Fargo a big a big town? Uh, it's relative, right? So for North Dakota, yes, but okay. for most big cities, no. It's like a few hundred thousand people. Very good. Well... Uh, welcome to the show. Uh, what do you want Thank to talk you. about on the show tonight? Well, first, I have to kiss Captain Flowers' butt because that Game what? 3 base race uh, cast was the most hype, amazing thing. <laughs> <laughs> and you like lived up to the moment in the best My way possible. My voice was half-fried. That call was <laughs> terrible. It was amazing. It was perfect for the moment. So anyway, now that's out of the way. Uh, so I am a C9 fan. 
Uh, I'm very sad. I'm very happy that they made it this far. But I kind of think that Reaper is a great coach. He's very smart. He comes up with innovative picks. But over and over again, when they get to the most important games, it seems like he just trolls the ban, the pick and ban phase. Like NALCS, they picked Twitch Braum. They picked Braum all three games, but they paired him with Twitch and Ezreal instead of like Lucian was open. They could have just done that and tried to bully the lane. And then they put Sneaky on AD carry Victor when he's never played that competitively before. And I could even go back to last year. They kept picking Graves in a tank meta. And like he's really smart. He makes really interesting picks, but then it gets to super important games and he just kind of trolls and outthinks himself. Yeah. Do you want to handle this one first, Flowers? Any thoughts on Reaper, if Reaper's too smart for his own good? So I think you've got to look at things from... You've got to consider every single possibility, right? Like, when you look back at the... Because I just got done rewatching all the semifinal games earlier, like, a couple hours ago. And when you look at the victor... I'm sorry, I'm sorry for you having to do that. That sounds awful. <laughs> there, there weren't many of them. It wasn't yeah, that Yeah, yeah. Just get but, through that uh... quick. Yeah. But Very short games. The victor, the victor pick was actually doing really well in lane. Like he was significantly far ahead. They had their opponents up to the turret. It just like Fnatic played that whole series as a team and individually just better. I didn't take issue with the victor pick because when I look at that victor pick, I'm thinking, okay, he's looking to shove the lane in. They're looking to create pressure bottom, make it so reckless and hilly can't move, and that's what they did. It's just Fnatic played League of Legends better. And I didn't have an issue with that. I think it was something worth trying. Like, game one, Fnatic just completely blasted Cloud9. Like, that game wasn't even close, man. Cloud9 didn't get a kill till 14 minutes. Yeah, that was like, it was not competitive. So, completely going, like, hard left and just saying, nope, Victor bottom, I actually respect that. I think that's totally legitimate. And in terms of the... Like, I saw one thing that people gave a... A lot of criticism towards was oh Jensen on the Sandra three games in a row they already lost two games with it why is he on the Sandra again and all these other things and it's just like when you look if you look at it in a vacuum of saying oh he lost on the champ two times in a row this is problematic why not change the champ I think that you can't look at it in a vacuum like that and it's not a hundred percent fair to look at it in a vacuum like that because if they think that the Lissandra pick is still something that they value, and if they think they can still get use out of that, if they think it wasn't what was losing them those games, you can still pick it again. Because I don't think that losing a game means you have to change every element of the strategy. And if they thought that the Lissandra was not the issue, I can see why you would keep it. So while I can understand people's frustrations with it at a surface level, I think if you look at it from the viewpoint of what was the goal here? What was it supposed to accomplish? And why did it fail to accomplish that? I don't have as much of an issue with the draft in this game, and, or in that series, I should say, as I do with the fact that I just think Fnatic played better. I don't think that changing Cloud9's draft would have changed the outcome of that series based on how damn good Fnatic looked. And this is coming from someone who really loves to see North America do well. Fnatic just outclassed him. Yeah, I... So I, I kind of... I don't want to waffle here, but it's interesting in that I'm a big believer in this idea that 
unless I see a ton of analysts come out and just say like, oh man, that that pick and ban was awful. Because I'm I'm no analyst here, and I, I trust the word of a lot of uh, the folks in the industry. I I think that there's a really easy thing for the community to just like see something unconventional in pick and ban and say and blame loss on on draft. You know, it's just like oh they just drafted poorly. Like like let's blame the coach or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that uh, that's like a like an easy out. Oftentimes, right? Like my players are good or Cloud Nine should be better than Fnatic. It's just like the coach like misdrafted or whatever. So they lean heavily on that. And I think we talked about this in the middle of summer split when you saw uh, TSM and some of the other teams trying like more unconventional pick and ban. There was this kind of conversation around like, well, look, that stuff could work really well. And everyone thinks it's, it's genius. You shouldn't just like fault anybody for trying something unconventional if they lose, because if like you fault everyone, every single time they try something unconventional, like you're reinforcing this idea that like you can only play whatever is standard. Uh, and yeah, that's not you're reinforcing the follow the best Korean team. Yeah. And, and on the yeah. other hand, uh, I do think that after two games of losing, I wish, I do wish, and I have an interview that I did with Medios this past weekend at TwitchCon where he's just sort of like, I wish that they had just given at least one game of like some of the stuff we expect to see out of Cloud9. And we don't know. Like Maybe they, they were getting uh, trashed and scrims all week using that stuff, and they feel like they, they don't want to because, uh, you know, I'm always alluding to my own interviews. But when I talked to Zazel after quarterfinals, he was basically saying like, yeah, these quarters were not surprising to us that much because – uh, you know, the the audience doesn't really see the full picture of what's at Worlds, right? Like, what's going on in scrims and the, the things that are popping up in in the scrim circuit and all that stuff? Like, it's, it's, it's kind of like you're only seeing the tip of the iceberg in terms of, like, what is actually going on behind the scenes at Worlds. So, I think, uh, I think it's interesting, um, but I, I don't know. I kind of disagree with the general sentiment. I'm with the Flyers on this one, Andrew, that, like, just because they tried something unconventional doesn't necessarily mean that it was a bad decision. Right. And I don't disagree that Fnatic was clearly better. I don't think anybody could have watched those games and said like, oh, if C9 had picked one different champion, you know, it would have been C9 pretty (laughs) much got smashed. Like I can't defend that. And I don't even specifically mean this series so much because they were so clearly outclassed, but it just feels to me like, he's at times like like the Lissandra pick he just kind of stubbornly just says like I'm gonna make this work Mm. instead of like you said Travis I would have liked like in game two they banned LeBlanc I I think they could have banned Victor and first picked LeBlanc and just been like you know what screw it we're gonna go all in maybe we'll get wrecked but we're gonna try it and instead they were just like oh we'll pick Lissandra mid we'll make Jensen you know this little stun bot who has aftershock instead of a playmaker so it like I kind of share your view like I would have liked to see them at least go for it one game and I didn't feel like they really did that in this series anyway yeah I it's curious I wonder if they just I don't know if it would it would be interesting to talk to Reaper about it. You know, maybe maybe in the future somebody will. But it's like, what what was the decision there? Was it that you just felt like Jensen was outclassed on playmakers by Caps, and like that's why you decided to go with this? Did you feel like you couldn't individually beat Fnatic, so you had to do it sort of in this like broader story that you were going to? do? I don't know. It's just it's it's interesting for sure, and I. I 
that's kind of the unfortunate thing is that people don't really do losers interviews. And so you never really get a chance to like follow up on like what, why, you know, what, what was the story there? So, yeah, I would love to hear that someday. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe a, a certain esports influencer who regularly uploads interviews <laughs> will sometime someday be able to, uh, to get that answer for us. Maybe, but anyway. maybe indeed. I, I really hope that, Scara can get that answer. Anyway, thank you so yeah. much, Andrew. In Scara, we trust. Yeah, thank you, thank you for the call, Andrew. Thanks, guys. You're yeah. the best. Have a good Thanks, one. buddy. Take it easy. See ya. Okay, on to the next caller. Uh, all right, Scarner, all time. All right, good luck. Good luck. Uh, some more subs to read. Let's see. Uh, Slow Lobster with a Twitch Prime. Anime Girls for Christmas. Four months in a row. Hey, Captain Flyers, who is the best girl in my hero academia? Sorry, he's gone right now. Maybe I'll ask him. Uh, when he gets back, uh, Wrath of Khan, 12 months, hit that one year period, one year, one year, one year. We got a great replacement for Mark Z. Uh, Zytik with Twitch Prime, OPTSM fan, gift a sub to Case, Tosley with 100 bits, e- Edo Elaine, Alin, Edo Elin, I hope I, I did that right, and Clueless 33, nine months in a row. Today's Hotline League is bringing that big D energy with Captain Flowers' bullpen call. Yes, it's very true. The All end. right. Hello. Third caller, ready to go. Welcome. Amfe, welcome to the Hello. show. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, where are you calling from? So I'm calling from Tijuana, Mexico. Just Tijuana, Mexico. Nice. Okay. Just south of San Diego, I believe, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show tonight? All right. So I don't know exactly how to put it, but I wrote it down. My topic suggestion would be talking about the legacy of Sneaky. Maybe it's like a huge word to say legacy, but of him as a... Uh, raise a question if he's a team leader or just um, his mental and his personality being so important to a team, not only Cloud9, maybe just Cloud9. But I wanted to raise that topic, um, you know, being one of the best NA players, maybe not mechanically, but as a team member, not only a team player. So there's, there's two meanings to those two words. I don't know what you guys think of him as a member of a team, not only like an in-game player, like a like a right, know. but like overall his role on the team. Exactly, it's, it's really role. interesting because Sneaky, I think, like somehow defies definition, and that yep. in the like he's been so consistent over all these years, like not just like in game, but going to worlds uh, over and over again. Find, you know, Cloud Nine having success. If you look at that that lineup, you know him and Jensen. Uh, so so stable been there for so long and yet uh, I like it's like people people don't think that he's kind of like the linchpin in that team the way they look at a double if for instance in the ADC role like a lot of people like he's he's usually top three but rarely is considered like top one in his role Uh, when he goes to worlds people kind of meme on the idea of like oh yeah sneaky's gonna have to lane against all these guys is he gonna be able to do that (laughs) cloud nine spotlight and and but uh, he's also he doesn't really seem to have that that personality where he's like the sh- people can consider him the shot caller or the leader. He's just kind of there, and uh, it's like what what do we say about Sneaky? I don't know. Uh, Flowers thoughts. Sneaky to me is someone. Sneaky is Cloud Nine to me. This is a team that originally won the hearts and minds of League of Legends fans all throughout North America and beyond North America when they showed up and it was just like this team of friends and there was this wholesome energy around these this group of memers 
that just ended up doing so well with these five original guys with balls and medios and high and sneaky and lemon and like they win lcs and it's not tsm or clg it's this new org and they keep going on and it's friendship power and it's just it's some anime shit man and over time that's changed over time obviously the roster has moved on and has evolved but who's still there sneaky is still there and this guy despite the fact that i agree with what you said travis he's he sort of flies under the radar when you compare him to somebody like double lift like he's not in the conversation for he, he doesn't come up and in, in the public conversation for like oh my god is this the best 80 carry that we're seeing right now in north america is he the best 80 carry ever in north america but historically and internationally spoiler he is because cloud nine is the team that consistently does the does the best of north american teams at international events yeah but and why sneaky like what is what is sneaky bringing element. And I'm not so saying he's not bringing anything. It's just like, what is he? What is it that he brings? You know, that's the that's the question. Is it like leadership? Is it shot calling? Is it like some no, sort no. of like chill atmosphere? I don't know. Exactly. I, I wanted to uh, discuss that a little bit. I, I would sure love if Cloud Nine is a org when he retires or he changes teams or even you know this offseason would do. I mean, if the player wants, of course, would do like a documentary about his perspective of the game his perspective as a team player um how has he evolved through time like all that because i find it very very interesting how he's always on a team that's always on top uh without um controversy like no i mean i know that we had a 10th place meme and all that stuff but he changes teammates all the time and he always adapts to them he doesn't make them adapt to him i think uh, so I find his mental approach and his teamwork very, very admirable. Yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt you, you Flyers, as you were on your rant, but... <laughs> no, uh, you're all good. You're but, all good, man. But, I mean, do you, do you have any ideas on what this is? Is it just, like, the mental? I honestly don't know. I've not personally interacted with Sneaky much myself, but everything that I've heard about him from people that have been like teammates in the past or have just worked with him in general or just heard about him from other people in the scene, everybody seems to say he's a stand-up guy. And so in a scene where esports is a scene that is inhabited by a lot of younger dudes, and younger dudes can often have issues with getting along with people, with seeing eye to eye, with egos being kept in check can be a big thing. And I guess one thing that I would say Sneaky handles better than other people, likely because I've never really heard of an issue with it, is ego. Like, if somebody has an ego, you hear about it, right? You're like, man, that guy's hard to work with, or, oh, he said this, or he said that. And you just never hear that about Sneaky. Yeah, Sneaky just always seems to not go through that kind of stuff. And I think that plays a big role because if you let all that kind of extra bullshit get in the way, it complicates things to a whole other level. And Sneaky just seems to me like the kind of guy who makes your team environment that much easier to process and that much easier to have it flow the way you want it to flow. Yeah. And I think having that as well as a player who's mechanically talented enough to be a part of a team that makes it out of group stage and beyond even quarterfinals. Now they made it to semifinals for the first time in the last time a North American team was in semifinals at Worlds season one. Yeah. yeah. Like that's insane. And Cloud9 did it with Sneaky and Svenskaren. 
and Jensen, and then Licorice, Zazel, and Blabber, who are all so damn new. But yet this team was able to work together and facilitate that talent really just skyrocketing. Yeah. And I think having a veteran like Sneaky around does wonders for that as well. Onfe, you are going to say? Uh, oh, no, sorry. I was... Uh... Tarver mentioned something that, like, some people could say that he plays or acts like he doesn't care. Like, he's always super chill, like, oh, yeah, we're, you know, going through. Um, yeah, I'm playing finals, whatever. But maybe that's the right mental for him, that he plays calmly, collected, cool, all that stuff. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. Only he knows how he approaches the game. That's why it would be awesome for for later insight on on him specifically. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much, Anfe, for the call. Thank you guys. Thanks, Re buddy. Really appreciate Red flowers on the finals. <laughs> hey, thanks, man. Appreciate it. No problem, no problem. Oh, awesome. But thank you, Anfe. Captain Flowers, I have two things to say before we get to the next caller. Okay. Uh, the first is... I better not be in trouble. I've only been here for 30 minutes. Well, no, the first is, I have to say, shout out to the like this is the most amount of gifted subs i have ever gotten one moment fucking insane kyle0808 just gifted 100 subs to my channel so Whoa. thank you kyle0808 i've never seen twitch like literally just watching chat trying to keep up with you know as it's announcing each of the gifted subs is insane that guy's uh, a monster dude well especially crazy because in the past month he's gifted like another 125 before this so in this month alone uh, like I'm at 1723 subs and 225 of those are from Kyle 0808, which is literally insane. So thank you, Kyle for the sub. Like that's, that's crazy. I got to figure out something special to do for that guy. I don't know what. Damn. Yeah. That guy, that guy is just hold me for life right yeah. there. And it's going to like, I don't even know how to go. My Streamlabs is just like screwed. I'm trying, I have to scroll all the way back to find people. Either way. Thank you. Kyle 0808. That's, that's crazy. Secondly, Captain Flowers, that's a very important question. What is Champions of the Forgotten Realm? Uh, oh, it's a clicker. It's a Dungeons Dragons clicker game that I leave AFK. Okay. Why? I was curious because you, yeah, I was going to say you're, you've been playing it for 54 minutes. How do you see that on Discord? Discord, yeah, Discord says what you're playing. Yeah, it's literally just an idle clicker game. Yeah, nice. <laughs> I leave it running. It's better than most clicker games because you get to watch your guys actually swing their swords at the monsters. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, if you want to head off and grab the next person, I'm going to figure out some way to shout out Kyle 0808. I don't know what to do. But, All right. Uh, yeah, off you go. Skarner, ulti ready. BRB chat. <laughs> I love that he has a actual, he has like a, an ability thing. He's got, he's, this is a shtick now. He's just Skarner ulting people. Cool last 33, nine months in a row. Oh, we, we got you. The Xanter, two months. Uh, time for Tidy Cats announcement? It's not Tidy Cats. All right. I regret. Ever. They've gotten so much free promotion from that stupid joke. Habang sent 100 bits and the big Kel subbed. All right. I don't, I can't even read. I'm looking at these, all these Kyle 0808 subs. I usually want to read out like, how, but I can't read out 100. I just don't know how to. Voican Shifty, Zero. I'm going to read out like just some of them. All right. Not Nell, Ratchet Panda, Blake here, Frankie X Doodle. Renegade Mac, Drake the Cake, uh, The Pabs, Wild Child, It's Radicals, Lizardy Lizard, Iliope, The Ripe Banana, I'm Rage, Waffle Man 38, at CD Jumini, 
Bibber, the Squirrel, Olaraffle, Omfei Six, who was in the call at the time, got gifted a sub. It's crazy. I just uh, thank you. I'll get back to some more of them in a little bit. Genghis, say yeah. Uh, All Merchant right. of Soul Fourth and caller. Go right. time. Right, here we go. Hello, Jade. Welcome to the show, Jade. Hello. Where are you calling from? I am calling from Ontario, Canada. Ontario, Canada. Very good. Uh, our first Canadian caller of the night. We had a, Mex- uh, a caller from Mexico just a second ago, and so we've now got the full North America uh, thing going on. Uh, Jade, what do you want to talk about on the show tonight? I want to talk about how the two teams that got 3-0'd were just completely burnt out. Um, the increased pace of the tournament, coupled with the fact that like they're coming off finals. The general burnout, but it's completely... Oh. Did we lose you? No, sorry. I'm just going to mute... The stream came up in okay. my ear. Oh, yes. Yeah, like Unlucky. It's all good. Yeah. Sorry. What was I talking about? Oh, the 3 0 um, were them being completely burned out from the increased pace of schedule. So you were saying that you think uh, you think G2 and Cloud9 got completely burned out? Yeah. You saw it in your interviews with them. A lot of them, they just seemed like totally done. And Fnatic, too. But I think Fnatic's um, a lot more driven and like. It wants it that a little bit more but i think we're like at the limit that a player can continually play league of legends uh at a competitive level without completely burning out yeah i mean you saw sven like kind of inked on the top tower and you just listen to them and they just sound tired zazel just sounds tired yeah i this and is... like oh go ahead so what do you like something needs to be done i don't think it's like healthy and i don't think it makes for good competition when like players can't last very long because i think a player can last a decade a 25 year old's not that much slower than a 20 or an 18 year old but it's the burnout they need to put the the effort into practice mode and things like that yeah so i uh okay so let's break it into two things right which is one where they burned out to what you know what sort of the thought around that uh, one, I think there's a good chance they're burned out. I mean, I honestly, I, I would challenge anyone to go look at that Perks interview I did and not feel like he's just on the edge, right? Like, he basically said he's, like, able to play, like, you know, he doesn't care because, in a sense, he doesn't care. He either gets to go home, which would be a relief after how exhausted he is uh, and how much of the struggle they've had, or he gets to move on to the next uh, part of the tournament. So, um, I think... I and I Azazel as well was just talking about how exhausted he's been. So um, I, I feel like they gave up almost. It was like they beat expectations, and it's like they wanted to lose. Not that they like were inting, but like they're like, okay, I'm gonna go play the games. I'm gonna lose. It's gonna be over. That was their thought process going into it. And I'm gonna go to bed. See, I wouldn't. Yeah, I would not go so far as to say that I feel like they wanted to lose by any means. Like I, I doubt if you talk to any of those guys, they would say they wanted to lose. But I do worry that like. They just weren't able, like, especially if you look at, like, um, what well, I think G2 also came from the gauntlet, right? Yeah, they did. So both those teams had to go through the gauntlet, which just means that they had they were playing and playing and playing and playing. Uh, and, man, it must have just been exhausting. So I do worry about that, and I worry about the broader, uh, you know, story about the year, throughout the year. I will say that if if Worlds is a marathon, though, this is a risk that like a coach or a support staff uh, or the organization runs and like burning through players so hard. Right. Uh, I was talking to a player uh, at worlds 
who was just talking about how basically in scrims they like did want to take a day off because they felt like they just had to and and to, to reset but they felt like so much pressure from like they you know would their teammates think that they're letting them down uh, letting down the team would the coaches judge them would it be a bad issue if they had to like renegotiate for salary I mean, like, I, it's, it's i'm not saying that it's not their fault like obviously that makes fanatic the better team if they can last longer but like i'm a c9 fan and i actually thought fanatic was gonna win i was pretty sure yeah. but i wanted to see a really good game and instead, I saw like C9 just like inting <laughs> and going to bed after, presumably. Yeah. Flyers, right? we have... it's like not oh, good for viewership. Flyers, if you want to go through this kind of quickly, just because we've got one more call before we bring Nate Shot on in, in 10 minutes. But uh, yeah, I'm curious what your thoughts are. So when I rewatched the series today, like when you watched what happened in the first games of each series, it was pretty evident that both of the losing teams just got completely smashed in the first games, right? Like IG versus G2, Fnatic versus C9, neither one of those lasted too long to tell a tale. And while I don't agree that they came into it super exhausted and they were just like ready to go home, I feel like it might have played a part in how they seemingly weren't able to recover very well moving forward because I put a lot of emphasis on how well a team can adapt between games in a series. I think the way that you are able to mentally reset, the way that you're able to change based on your opponent's strategy and how your strategy also needs to adjust in order to get wins or make your wins more convincing is very important. And I think that it just like, and obviously the rest of the series for both of the teams the game ones, I think, were the worst games for the losing teams in both series. But at the same time, there wasn't enough bite back in the games two and three of either side to really convince me, yeah, they've got a chance here. And I think it was just sort of that avalanche of, holy shit, we're going up against a monster from both of their perspectives. And it just sort of beat them down. Yeah, That's what it felt like more to me, is Fnatic and IG flexed their muscles really hard in the first games and it's really hard to come back against that if you're not able to mental reset yeah and i don't think that it was um it would change anything but if those two matches were in the quarterfinals i think it would have been a closer match it would have been more interesting it would have looked more like when they were good yeah that's an interesting question is like would that have what would those games look like one week earlier like does c9 beat them and then immediately into the next game against the team they 3-0'd in their match like yeah. is it just like a series of burning outs with the last team that's not done i don't know if it's that but i do think that uh burnout burnout and the ability to last throughout the tournament is a, a big factor that maybe doesn't get as much talk so either way thank you so much jade for calling in yeah thanks for having me travis have a good one take it easy and man congrats. Yeah. congrats captain thank you yeah all right last guy brb yeah. Merchant of Soul sub, thank you. Mirror Code subbed, and Captain Hat with the two months. Again, shout out to Kyle zero eight zero eight for the hundred subs. I know we haven't uh, gotten to a question about finals um, because I just hadn't seen any uh, as I was pulling in the beginning uh, within the first you know twenty or so minutes. People, uh, so we'll try and grab somebody maybe at the end of the show uh, to talk. Scarner, about I'll come in and feel my sting. Here we go. Fanatic Caves, thank you and welcome to the show. Yeah, what's up? Where are you calling from? Uh, I'm actually in Korea with the team. So you're in Korea with Fnatic. Yeah, I'm the head scout. Yeah. Okay. What time is it there right now? 
Uh, let me check. It's like noon. Okay. One. One p.m. So right. it's like pretty in the afternoon. Great. Well, uh, talk. What do you want to talk about on the show tonight? I want to talk about how I think we are fanatic. We're gonna three one or three zero the finals. Oh. Just because I don't think three two is a very realistic scoreline for a best of five series this late in the season, since most teams once they start losing are prone to tilting and like just collapsing. Especially a team like IG, who have been historically known for not being able to close out series. Especially someone like Jackie Love, who he's just like he's so young, he doesn't have the world's experience or experience to like stay mentally stable. So I think once like we start losing, winning, like, it, it could, it'll create a snowball effect. Um, yeah. Whereas like our roster has more experience, like we have like Martin or Reckless, so as. Like even Broxa and Caps, like this is their second year in Worlds. Like they have more of a back of a background and how to do. And then the side topic I want to talk about is uh, the semifinals expectations or results. I think Cloud Nine were probably the most overhyped team from of in, in World Semifinals history, considering. Okay. Can we can we like, do your first topic first? Because you're like yeah. the side topic. There's no such thing as a side topic. That's just a second topic. You've now cre- you're like you're shoehorning in this other one. You've Trojan horsed into the channel with to to shit on the C9. Uh, after <laughs> to be after fair, it wasn't Ring a Trojan horse. He said I have this and a side topic, and I said lol okay. Yeah, and then I scarnerled it a Yeah, well when I pulled him into the waiting room, he didn't say anything about a side topic. Okay, Let's, ah. we'll get we'll get to the side topic, but. First off is, it will your match go five games? First off, I love how you're just like, I mean, it makes sense because you're with Fnatic, but you're like, yeah, I mean, it's going to be 3-0 or 3-1 when we beat them. There's no discussion around, like, if IG wins, it could go, you know, it would be a 3-0 or 3-1. There's just, in your mind, it's already done. I think if IG win, it'll be mainly through their solo lanes, which I think the public perception is very tilted. Like I don't think the separation and skill in our soul lands is as big as everyone makes it up makes it out to be. Yeah, which is the biggest argument. Um, I mean they beat you once. Yeah, there's so. What was the first game? Group stage. Yeah, yeah, group stage first game. Yeah, yeah, that game was on. I think it was the late invade game where we just got dove level three bottom lane. Well, I want to thank you because this call will be a vod that I'll release uh, if IG beats you. Um, but <laughs> it'll get great views. Um, I, <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, okay. Will it go five? So I asked uh, Twitch chat cause I was trying to make sure I remembered. I remember 2016 went to five games, but actually I think that's the only time that we've seen a world final go five games. So it's a good chance. There's a good chance that you're correct. Um, statistically speaking, world finals games don't seem to go to five. I think the only example of a best of a competitive best of five was I think it was season two years ago when Rocks Tigers pulled out a mid series adaption and that was only a semifinals like where they picked up Misfortune I think yeah like MF and Desira so it takes oh yeah a, the classic MF into Zyra that int- hard inting MFs into solo queue for the next months to come yeah. So I, I think this is very unlikely a series. Even though like most analysts are going to project a three-two to represent the closeness of the series, 
I think realistically it's going to be a 3-1 IG or a 3-1 us. Okay, so you are opening it up now. Now that you said that I've said that I'm going to release this as a VOD, you're opening it up to the idea that IG could could 3-0-3-1. Yeah, I think it's yeah, I think IG can absolutely win. I think it's really 50-50. Okay. Good good save. The walk back. Yeah, um, back stepping. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when you wrote it in the topic channel and I pulled you, it didn't say anything about how IG had a chance at three or three wanting. Um, uh, Flowers, really quickly, do you think there's a chance that, uh, or do you think it's going to go three oh three one? Does that make sense for you? I want it to be three two. I know you I want, want it I, to be, but like I want it to be three two. It, it does seem like it's very likely that I, get to the end I of it. highly doubt, highly, highly, highly doubt three oh. Okay. I would three zero is the last thing I would bet on. Okay, I so think you, be you think it's going to go three one or three two? Yeah. What would, would I don't you, think either one of these teams can clean sweep the other one. Would you Would you bet on three one or three two as the highest? If I had to bet on one of the two, I would give a slight edge to three one. Okay. See, I think there's a chance it could be a three zero because I think. After seeing semifinals, and by the way, like if Jade, our last caller, is correct, like one of these two teams is going to be pretty burned out by the time they get to finals, and it does feel like if one of them just has a good read on the other, they could sweep. So I think there's a chance there's a three zero. I would bet, I would bet three zero or three one over three two. I would agree with Case on this. So the average that we're all coming into is three one. Yeah, yeah. Let's go with three. Well three, done, one. boys. At I least we get four is... games. That's good for viewership. Um, yeah. All right. I think as three one to see. As, yeah. as we talked about semifinals, uh, you we'll do this really quickly because uh, Nate Shot's waiting. Uh, you got we got one minute here. You think that Cloud Nine most overhyped semifinalist of all time, and does that include H two K in season uh, yes, or in twenty sixteen when they beat? I uh, think C nine this year kind of represented Fnatic of last year, in which they had a ton of rookie talent, like caps like. Fresh world's rookie talent. I think like next year, Clyde and I are going to be actually really scary if they keep retain the roster. But it's just like this year, it's like you look at C9's roster and you don't see a a clear dominant lane that can win on a like a top end world stage. Yeah, like like the way they like I think against Afrika like game one they played Zinzao. They like Kuro saw him on a ward, traded flashes mid lane, and then he just flashed on a mid lane. Like that gank should never work. So a lot of the ways C9 won was very one-off, I felt. And then even then, like, they were... I think a free kill were just completely boom. So it just kind of snowballed. Like, once they got a few wins, like, a free kill just completely collapsed. So would you say C9 fluked their way to semifinals? I don't think they fluked it. They definitely earned it. But they had an easier road than if Korea was performing at an average level. I mean, I will, I will agree with that. Is that they were able to take out uh, what two Korean teams along the way, and if yeah, if, they, if they had like SKT from previous years, it would have been a harder road for them. Or if, like, if anybody had Korean. SKT from previous years, it would have been hard for them. SKT won two years in a row and then went to five. Yes, yes, yes. But that is the point, right? Is that SK like Korea like, this year looks weaker? You have a lead weight around your ankle. Of course, Co- it is. Korea this year looks weaker. And also, like, I think the wrong Korean teams made worlds for this meta. Like, if Griffin or, like, uh, a, like Griffin, KT, and say, like, I don't know, X other team made it, Kingzone, I think Korea would look a lot stronger. I think just the meta suited faster gameplay. And Jinji has been known for being historic slow-based team. And then same with Afrika, have always been a slow-based team. So, yeah. 
I Just disagree like the that minute. they're the most hyped semifinalist of all time, but I will agree that uh, they there was a little luck involved and that they were able to take advantage of that. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's on that they still capitalized on the opportunity, but yeah. definitely some luck involved. All the all the NA fans now hate you, uh, Case. I'm going on record saying I think Cloud9 deserved their hype. I'm from America, so it's kind of whatever. So. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Well, thank you for calling in. Uh, good luck in, in just a couple days. Peace out. Yeah, see ya. Later, dude. All right. Well, that was fun. Um, oh, yeah. Right. So let's get... At the beginning of that call, before we bring Nate Chad in here, I have a very important question to ask you real quick, Travis. Yeah. Can I ban the guy in the Discord that said Skarner's overrated because he's just fucking wrong? Everybody's you allowed, can, allowed you can to have kick opinions, him, but, but you cannot... You can kick him, but you cannot uh, ban him. Hmm. Uh, as we get uh, Nate in here, be, uh, feel free, people, to, to put your topics in for pleb topics and, and subtopics. Uh, all right, where is uh, Mark Z? He said he could he would be on right now. Mark? Yeah, he said he'd call in for a little bit. Oh, hell yeah. Audio only. Okay, and then we need Nate Shot. Is he in any of these? Uh... A guy that says Skarner is trash in the chat. Guess where you're going, my friend. Oh, wait, I don't have... Hey, Travis, give me a mod sword real quick. <laughs> you, are you gonna, just, just real quick. You're going to time him out for 10 minutes? So time him out for a short period of time. What is your... I should be getting him in here, but now I'm handling this. Uh, where are you? Captain Flowers 22. Okay, okay. All right. There. Now you're mod. Okay, you mess around and do your thing while I handle this stuff. Um, we have mod now? Test. We need Mark Z to get in this. Where's Where's Mark? Aha! Mind yourself, peasant. There you go. Uh, Yo, what? Oh, up? Hello, Mark. Yo. Hello. Welcome, welcome to the show, Mark. Captain Flyers has been dutifully doing your do your job. Don't don't tell me that. Tell me tell me he's been terrible and I'm irreplaceable and you can't wait. No, I've been awesome at your job, Mark. Come on, this is easy. <laughs> Damn it. All I right. gotta do is scarner all people from the pleb bucket and put them in the Travis bucket. And Nade Shot's here. Hey, oh, hey shit. what's going on, guys? Hey, wow, Nade Shot sounds so good. That audio setup that you could tell he's a streamer because he just sounds so fucking good. Hey, man, don't hey, love that. Don't don't knock my hotel Wi-Fi headset setup. All right, it's pretty. I good actually too. think it sounds pretty good. Yeah, Captain Mark, you sound. How are you doing? Yeah, it sounds good. Yo, what's up, buddy? What's going on, man? Okay, I'm gonna call you on Skype right now, uh, Nate Shot. Feel free to just mute yourself on Skype whenever you join the call. Yeah, okay. we gotta get that video in here. Gotta get the full Nade Shot experience. I'm I'm ready. Ooh, oh my god, bro! I haven't used Skype in this so loud. I actually had to download it for this thing tonight. I got home and told Travis, I was like, "Yo, all right, how do we set this up? What do you want me to do?" He's like, "I need you to add me on Skype." He's like, "Uh, all right, let me download that." Yeah, dude, I feel like you gotta make some. There needs to be some evolution of this. Hey, if ev setup. everyone who does these all shows, right. to my knowledge, I I would happily switch off of it. I hate Skype. All right, like Nade Shot. See, this is. Right now, this is big opportunity for your brand. Just create the 100 Thieves communication, not totally not Skype app. Yeah, do you have some engineers totally, totally and servers? Not Skype. Totally yeah, not billions. Skype. Write them in. Write I, them think in. That, I think it's actually a great idea. You yeah, know yeah, what? Just, just give me like, you know, 1% for the idea. I'm going to get Prowly on that uh, this yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
That'll be his next project. That's his off-season project, dude. Yeah, no, yeah, not, not even off-season. Twenty nineteen doesn't matter. Just spring split, summer split. Don't care. Not just get probably grinding on the totally not Skype. App. Yeah, totally not Skype. I'm ready. Yeah, take all that. Just be like Drake. Sorry, I know you thought we were going to be an esports <laughs> team. We're actually a communication platform. We are a tech company, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Can you make sure that it turns the volume down on everything when I get a call? I actually love that feature on yeah. Skype. I learned about that today, Mark. That was big booty. <laughs> it's not That's great. a okay. great feature. All right, so now we've got uh, Skype coming. So, uh, Nate Shot, you, I was told by, I'm just going to refer to them as your people, your people, that you were sad that Mark was not going to be able to be on the show. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was a little disappointed for sure. I love Captain Flowers. He's a beautiful human being. Um, but for me, I think I, I try not to pay attention to the noise, but I think Mark has been a vocal uh, adversary, so to speak, of 100 Thieves throughout the year. But, I mean, I get it, dude. He's a very analytical. Yeah, they got to throw down. Mark, yeah. Mark. so, so we were able to get Mark in for uh, with audio only for this. So he's in the he's in the Discord call right now. Oh, perfect. Uh, yeah, Mark, uh, Mark, Mark can be here up, for the bro? next... Yo, we got to go out back or what? Uh, I'm in NorCal right now. Is that where you are? Because then we can we can throw down. All right, no <laughs> shots below the belt. No dirty shit. No foreign no. objects. We're going to meet at a Let's Wendy's parking lot halfway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> meet me halfway. Bakersfield, just Wendy's parking Somewhere. lot. Yeah. Uh, all right, cool. Well, <laughs> well we've got, we got this going. So, uh, Mark, would you agree with the sentiment that you have been a vocal opponent or adversary of of 100t this year Mm, somewhat i think uh i was always down with hyping them up when they were doing well uh i didn't buy into the hype around the uh the bat the baseball jerseys i remember that was i think the first sticking point i had (laughs) i don't remember that one don't worry (laughs) (laughs) that's okay uh but yeah i think spring split i was i was pretty happy with with the organ everything uh and then the thing i was most vocal about was uh, not being excited about watching them at Worlds, but I never said they didn't. I don't think I ever said they didn't deserve to go, which is a different sentiment, I believe. Okay, I mean that's fair. I, again, this wasn't something that I read into a lot. I just when I when I would be on social media or I, when I would look to you know figureheads in the League of Legends community, it just always seemed as if Mark had not nice things to say. I, I mean, I don't. I was I was your subreddit's number one enemy for a little bit. Okay, yeah, they uh, they they had our back a little bit, I suppose. But it, again, it wasn't something that I read into that much. I mean, oh wait, what's that? Oh, okay, somebody's messaging in. Wait, I'm getting old Skype notifications from like a year ago. I have no idea. Yeah, just ig- just ignore those. Okay, <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm I'm just excited that Mark was able to join, dude. I appreciate it. So. I just want to clear up or answer any questions that I can. I'm looking forward to chatting with you guys. Cool. Yeah, well, we'll grab some calls here in just a second. But before we do, I think it'd be interesting to just kind of have a, a chat with the the four of us, um, maybe for the next 10 or so minutes. Like, yeah. So what cool. what has life been like for you, Nate Shot? Because 100T was like the the darling uh, at the beginning of this year, the first half of, of mm-hmm. league year. Everyone loved you guys. It's like, this is what franchising is all about. And while I think you still have a great deal of fans, I do think that Summer Split was a, a tougher path for you, and then Worlds kind of culminated in a, a lot of the like a uprising from the community, uh, not just about t-shirt sales, but also about uh, other <laughs> things as well. 
Yeah, definitely. Well, look, I the first thing that I will say is um, I still think there are a ton of things to celebrate that we did really, really well this year. You know, the one thing that I wanted to convey in the video that we uploaded to YouTube uh, about this season and the communication that we've had with the community is that I'm really, really proud of our organization and everybody that's worked here because I think the toughest thing for me through all the controversy in the last month or so was the fact that our our team worked really, really hard. Like everybody on the staff, everybody, all the coaches, all the players. And so I, it, it sucked to see any of them like associated with 100 Thieves, you know, day in and day out, you know, working their tails off, then have to deal with just the negativity that that came with um, the lack of communication on my end from a public perspective. So, again, I, I think we had a really good year. Um, obviously, we fell short at Worlds. And I mean, for me, again, I'm not the one that's going to be able to sit here and, and have a fluent conversation about the different teams at Worlds and how they play and drafts and what we did right and what we did wrong. But I guess it is comforting in a sense to see IG and Fnatic both in the finals. So maybe our road was a little tougher than most thought. Um, but I think this year obviously fell short. But again, I think we have a lot to, to, to celebrate. I mean, second at spring split finals and then fourth place in the summer split, I, I don't think is anything to uh, turn away from or to sweep under the rug and act as if we, we weren't contributing to the LCS. Uh, just because for me, a lot of frustration with the, the the blowback that we received was the fact that we were doing everything that we could to contribute to the community and and help League of Legends grow. Um, and and whether that was in game, out of game, whether it was creating a brand and uh, that people can really get behind. I didn't want to come in flat and be a team that was just another uh, raw another organization that joined the LCS. Obviously. Riot put a lot of faith in us to invest heavily into the space. And I think we did that. You know, we've spent quite a bit of money this year on performance and we've sunk a lot of resources into League of Legends. And so overall, I'm really, really happy with our contributions. But I absolutely know that we can do better from a communicative standpoint. And I think that's something that we're going to strive for in 2019. I mean, I know that sounds like a political answer that we're trying to backpedal and, and, and save everything and you know, protect our reputation, but I definitely think we can do better. I need to do better because I mean, we can jump into it if you guys have specific questions, but overall I'm really happy with the way this year went. Uh, but there are definitely a lot of things we can improve on. Uh, I think, uh, Mark, yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say, I think a lot of the controversy, like I think hundred thieves was pretty much loved all the way through starting with like the Medios trade. And during that time, I actually, a lot of people were like, Oh my God, I can't believe they, they benched him the way they did, but I actually uh, put out a video discussing the trade and like how little information there was around or uh, around it at the time, and saying like I actually think not telling Medios is the right thing, like before games and like you know that kind of stuff. So I largely had hundred thieves back on that, but then it did feel like there was a a lack of communication, like, like starting from that point onwards regarding uh, player moves, and that's when the heat started coming on hundred thieves. For sure, I I think it's tough because. Competitive communities, especially from what I've learned in League of Legends, heavily favor players. Now, there are many different reasons why we had to move away uh, from Medios and the starting roster. Obviously, a really talented player. I actually got along great uh, with Will. I thought he was a fun dude to be around. You know, we have a very, very quiet team, uh, you know, very reserved team. 
And that was something that was incredibly surprising to me. I, I haven't been around a roster that um, of players in video games that have been um, as as quiet as our roster was in the spring split. And Medios was actually one of those players who was vocal. And, you know, if we went out to dinner, he'd hang out and shoot the shit. And it was a great time. I, I still have a ton of uh, respect for Will um, as a player and as an individual. Uh, but there were multiple different reasons why a trade had to happen or we had to move forward from him on the roster. And I've said this multiple times, and I'll, I still stand by the sentiment, we aren't going to talk specifically about the, why we made the trade. Right. You know, for for us and for me specifically, I took a hard line on making sure that we protect our players in and out of the game, whether they played for us, whether they play for us or whoever's going to play for us in the future. Um, and so for 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 me, I, I just figured at that time that it was best to just move forward, not focus on what had happened in the past and just to have our team try to focus up to continue to try to win. Um it was a tough decision. It's something that we talked about for many, many, many hours and many, many, many days and how we were going to share the information. And at that time, truthfully, I felt as if we didn't owe anybody an answer. Um, and maybe that was short sighted. I didn't I didn't feel like we needed to explain why we needed to make this trade. And I think it's tough too. there aren't a ton of parallels between traditional sports and esports. And I like to make those comparisons. I mean, after every single game, after an NBA game, there there's a press conference and there's tons of media outlets that interview the coaches and the players and whatnot. And that's just that's something that exists with like Travis does a great job at the studios. And obviously you have postgame interviews after certain games at LCS with players. But besides that, it's really the organization's um, responsibility or job to decide how they want to communicate with the media and their fans and the, the entire community. And so in that moment in time, I just felt as if we didn't really owe anybody an explanation. You know, this was our team. These were our coaches. This was all of our decision making. And we thought it was best for us at that moment. And that's just the, you know, the, the book is closed. Let's just keep moving forward. So, again, I, I do know that we probably should have communicated a little bit better. But that was the thought how did, process. How did that roll into the Cody Sun thing? Because what was interesting to me was that I, I felt like the media stuff, like from my perspective, it went like this. Like you guys said nothing. Medios kind of had this awkward thing where he was like saying this. And then I think a tweet got deleted. And then he ends up on FlyQuest. And we don't we don't really have any context for it, except for kind of the awkward stuff that Medios is saying. And then I felt like, okay, well, like 100T... Took a lot of heat for that. It felt really confusing, but maybe like lesson learned. And it was interesting to me because then I kind of felt like the Cody Sun thing was the exact same situation where Cody Sun's like, yeah, they told me to sit at home and wait to be subbed in. That turned into a giant meme around like, how does that work? But it, like then there was still no communication. Everyone was really confused, um, even like with, if he was going to be playing at, at finals in Oakland the next week. And so I was kind of, it, for me, it was odd because it felt like, it was so obvious to me with the media situation that that felt like a there was a pretty big disconnect between the team and the and the organization and the community. Um, and maybe on your end it, it wasn't. I'm just kind of curious, like what did that look like for you? For sure. I mean, it's tough because I, I I really do have to give you the the consistently the same PR answers. We aren't going to discuss what happened between Medios and Cody Sun and why they weren't playing or why we needed to make trades or why we. 
um, move forward with different rosters or different lineups, especially at Worlds. It's really, really tough. I, I know that people want more transparency. But again, it's like when Medios made that video, of course, for me, that was frustrating, right? Because I've always communicated in, in throughout all of my videos and on social media. I'm a, pretty, I'm a pretty straight shooter and I'm pretty transparent at all times, even when I was competing back in the day or whatever the case may be. But now I'm a team owner, right? And so there has to be a certain level of responsibility on my end to uphold like the best, um, to uphold the, the right outlook on working with individual players. And I, I think it's, it's really frustrating when you see people like Medios make videos um, and, and, and tell one side of the story. But the only way for me to try to combat that is to jump into the reasons why we made the trade in the first place. So it's, it's kind of I'm in a rock and a hard place, right? The community is really upset with me. And Medios is telling the, his story from his perspective. And the only way, again, for us to vent ourselves, which that's not something that we were going to do. It's not something that we felt we needed to do, um, would have been to sort of, again, just jump in at exactly what was wrong and, and why we were making the trade. And so for the Cody situation specifically, in this moment now, I can't believe that I was thinking it was best for us to not inform even with just one simple tweet that Ricara would be playing at Worlds um, or would be starting over Cody Sun. Uh, I, I do remember uh, distinctly being in the office and talking about this pretty much for an entire day. And in my mind, I just felt at that at that time, okay, Cody's not going to be playing. Ricard's jumping in. If we make a tweet, there's going to be a huge backlash a speculation and there's going to be reddit threads and there's going to be tweets and people are going to going to be just losing their 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 minds over this and so i don't know how much our players use social media before matches um i don't know how much our coaches do and for our organization as a whole i just felt like okay we're just going to start ricard but it actually had the opposite effect and that was again that was the, a, a a poor decision on my end um ricard is a, a great player and he did as best as he could for the situation that he was in at worlds um cody son i have a great relationship as well i have a ton of respect for cody i think he's a tremendous player uh, but we trusted our coaches to make a decision and give us the best opportunity to win ricard ended up playing but it all circles back to communication we should have informed people of what happened um i know cody son sat out that day and, and didn't come to the lcs studio whatever the case may be again it is very, very difficult to have this this conversation without jumping into the 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 you know the fine details of what led up to these moments. Um, but again, we just did what was best and what we thought was best, and trusted our coaches to make decisions. Mark, uh, Mark, or Captain Flyers, but I know Mark, you only have about ten minutes left, so I don't know if, if you have any thoughts. No, I mean I'll I'll be honest as long as I can be. But I think what I think what makes the situation weirder for a lot of fans, at least, is that. You know, it's not like this complete steel curtain of like no information going in or out because a lot of the times the players still had some information. Like I know, like Travis was saying, like the Cody thing where he said, like, I was at home ready to go. Like those were what the community ended up latching on to because like yeah. you're saying, there, there was there's nothing this, we can do, man. Yeah. There's, there's yeah, nothing I mean, we can do. Do you feel do. like the you players, do you the players talk are to always going to go ahead? Go ahead. 
No, it's just, listen, man, I've, I've been on both sides of the fence and the players are always going to have a platform to talk about what's going on in their world and what's going on in, in their, their career. And there's nothing we can do to avoid that. And that's not something that I think we should try to shut down, or that's not something that we should try to silence. It's always going to happen. Players, especially at the age demographic of professionals that play, you know, competitive esports, um, there's there's really never not a ton of players have a filter. Um, and so it's, you know, when when players speak out in professional sports, I mean, they can talk to a certain degree about what, what's going well, what's not going well. They'll be fine. None of that exists in esports. And I'm not saying it should. That was actually just an example. I don't want anybody to blow that out of proportion. I'm not saying that players need to be fined for voicing their opinions on social media. But from from my perspective now, it's really difficult for organizations to uh, as soon as as soon as, as soon as a player voices their their opinion in a negative way, there's really no world for the organization to. There's no world for an organization to really uh, protect themselves. It's it's the community believes the player. The community wants to uh, throw a lot of shade at the organization. And that's what we dealt with. Um, and that's just the nature of it. There, there's just no way for us without going into detail and the negative. I mean, anytime a roster change happens or if somebody's not playing, there's going to be multiple reasons why that is. And some are good, some are bad, whatever the case may be. Um, so there's just no way to share that information without getting into a he said, she said moment, in my opinion. Captain Flyers, you have any? It's so, okay if you want to cede your time to Mark, but I feel bad because we haven't had a chance to hear your voice for a bit. So the way I look at it is like this. At this point, like, Nadeshot has obviously expressed that looking back, he's like, okay, this didn't go how we were expecting. In hindsight, we should have handled the communication differently and everything along those lines. And I respect that because I'm not here to, and by, and I don't mean here in this call specifically, I just mean in general, my policy is not to crucify somebody for a mistake. Everybody fucks up, whether it's communications, whether it's handling things, whatever. And you can always look back and say, oh, they should have done this better. Oh, how did they not realize this? Blah, 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 blah. But what I'm hearing right now is Nade Shot saying, yeah, we fucked up. And yeah, we're going to do better. And so now what I'm looking at is in 2019, how are they going to do better? Because as he already said, this is an org that came into franchising brand fucking new. Got second in spring, got fourth in summer. That's insane. Unfortunately, the season ends on a down note as all this communication stuff muddles up a reputation that had been built to otherwise a pretty glossy finish. And so what's going to happen in my eyes one of two things. The communication issues are addressed. They're handled better moving forward. And it's a situation where when you look back and people talk about 100 Thieves in the future, they're going to say, oh, yeah, this is a team that came in. They did amazing things in LCS right from the start. They had this weird communication thing that happened at the end of their first season, but then they got shit on track. And it was sort of just like this thing for them that said, oh, we need to turn that around. That's an issue. We should fix that. And it just it becomes a blip on the radar at that point. And the org goes forward. And that's and they're known for being this insanely super successful org or the communication issues continue to persist. And then that becomes more of the identity. Like you guys are at a fork in the road right now where I think where you had so much good shit happen, even though this bad shit is more recent and that's what's on people's minds and that's what's being talked about. 
it's so easy to brush that off the plate if you come out the gate swinging next year. And because I was such a fan of how well you came into the scene and how much of an impact you made, I sincerely hope that you do find ways to address that communication and you do find ways to wipe that shit clean. Because if you can take care of that and get that running up and smooth as the rest of the as the rest of the team was, as the team played to get to that fourth and that second spot, and as well as you promoted yourselves, I think you're going to be in a good spot. Captain Spark, uh, Captain, I almost called you Captain Spark or Sparkles. Oh my God, Captain Flowers, I like you. You're great. This is great, um, <laughs> dude. I completely agree. Look, there's no way for me to change the community sentiment about 100 Thieves right now. I mean, it's just not feasible. There's, there's, there's no world where I can prove to you guys that we are going to be more communicative and. We are going to be the best team ever in 2019. We're just going to have to show it to you guys. I mean, I said the words same words. I, I said, yeah, words are words. Actions always speak louder than words. I mean, we talked about it at the beginning of the year. We wanted to prove to the League of Legends community that, you know, when, when we first were accepted into the LCS, everybody thought that we were like the Cleveland Cavaliers. And I was the uh, the the general manager and I was going to be putting together a League of Legends <laughs> roster and all these different things. <laughs> And so when we finally announced the actual structure of 100 Thieves and Dan Gilbert as one of our investors, and um, I worked actually with, with, very early on in putting together this roster, um, we, we, we worked with a lot of different League of Legends personalities and in, in, in sort of helping us guide the ship and try to figure out, okay, what is, who are the best coaches, who are the best players? Because we, we had to put this together very, 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 very quickly. Um, and when everything finally got settled, and we started up the heist, uh, our, our docu-series. Uh, I think we're now coming up on our 22nd episode, which is insane to think about. That's like half a year um, of, of, of content for us every week. So really proud of our production team on that. The first thing that we talked about was the fact that we want to prove to you guys that 100 Thieves was going to be a contributing organization. Um, you know, we, we came in as a, like a franchise expansion team, so to speak, and we wanted to prove that we could be a, a, a positive driving force for, for League of Legends and try to help North America continue to grow. And, and I think we did a pretty good job of putting together a competitive roster. Um, but, you know, circling all back to what you said, Captain Flowers, is that we were we our, our goal from the from the get was to prove to everyone that we we were going to be a great partner and we were going to be great contributors. And that's something that we're going to continue to strive to do in, in, in 2019. So I think it's, I, I don't see it so much as a fork in the road because I think the mistakes that we made, obviously they are really, really big and they have spiraled in a lot of different ways. And I, I think there are a ton of people that are frustrated with us, but from my perspective, I know how easy those mistakes are to fix, so to speak. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not generalizing all of our problems and saying like it's it's you know we're just gonna fix it right now and it's gonna be super right. super easy. I'm not trying to. That's absurd. There's I'm no way you can just say yup, well, it's fixed and it's well, fixed. Well, I'm just not. I'm not trying to downplay the mistakes that we made, but the, I'm I'm just saying for me, I, I'm not intimidated by the fact that we need to communicate better. And I think that was a, those were the majority of our issues that people were upset with the most. So. I really do believe it will be easier uh, for, for me personally and the organization to have more transparency next year. Now, I, I still will continue to take a hard stance on our outlook, on, on, on how what details we share. 
Um, but either way, I do believe we are going to do better. I, I'm not I'm not worried about it in any sense of the word. And uh, hopefully we can show that in 2019 and come out of the gate swing. And I, I really do. I really believe we will. Mark, do you have any thoughts before I, because I, I have a final question for Nishat before we hop into calls, but I wanted to throw Oh, this chain. might be going too far down the rabbit hole then if you, if you want to get into calls. Because I was going to say, uh, like, Nishat sounds very much like he's going to keep the same overall approach in terms of, like, never airing dirty laundry. But, like, that isn't, I mean, like, so Team Liquid obviously has made a history almost of, of airing dirty laundry to some extent. Uh, and, like, they're still doing fine in the scene, like... I guess I'm just wondering why you feel like you can never or like you don't want to ever air anything. Yeah, that, uh, is that your question? Yeah, well, it was kind of it's similar, which is my my concern is that. So I think one is I'm not I don't think that you need to come out and say something like Cody's son is a jackass and <laughs> and Medios was a jerk and he hated Aphromoo and Aphromoo hated him like. I don't think those are the answers people are always looking for, but I do think other orgs have found delicate ways to say like, Hey, look, we felt like based off of what was going on behind the scenes, like we needed to make a change. Our performance wasn't right. The team just wasn't gelling together. And this is what's, what's going on. Like something like that is as simple as that. I think oftentimes doesn't throw a a player under a bus, but does give a team or does give a community at least like a sense that somebody's at the wheel and is making a decision based off of some sort of sense. And I worry for you guys because it, it sounds like I worry that since your policy won't change, you know, God forbid, you know, like Aphromoo doesn't work out in spring split next year. And he's who knows what happens behind the scenes. But uh, and he comes out and makes some statement about like, yeah, like, don't know what happened, but guess I'm off the roster now. And there's just silence from Hunter T and the same problem kind of just loops itself because if you're always going to approach it the same exact way and players are going to approach it the same exact way and the community is going to react the same way, I worry that this is like a, a problem that isn't ever going to get solved and will continue to plague Hunter T's like reputation and position in the community. I totally understand where you're coming from. I, I mean, it's maybe it's something that we need to continue to evaluate internally and in, in how we deal with these matters. It's again, I really believe it is a rock and a hard place for organizations. Uh, it's it's really tough to have proper communication and when without airing out dirty laundry or throwing players under the bus, because I think it's obvious at this point that what went on with medias wasn't a great situation. And what was happening at Cody um, for multiple different reasons wasn't a great situation. I'm I'm like breaking point. Specifically, I, 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 I'm, I'm curious what you guys thought about Breaking Point before, before I talk about it. Because I think when we first signed media or when we first signed Prowley, the first thing that he, how we spent one night together is came over to my apartment and we watched all of Breaking Point. And I actually thought it was super interesting. I'm curious. Do you guys I mean, here's a, here's the problem is that I know for a fact the community wants us to share details. I know for a fact the community and a lot of people, I'm not saying I'm not speaking for the entire world of League of Legends, but I am speaking for human beings in general. People love drama. There's mm-hmm. there's no other nope. way to there's no there's no other way around it. People love gossiping, people love speculating, people love drama. I mean, it's 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 entertainment, okay? But it's it's difficult when you're trying to be a professional organization 
that and you're trying to hold a certain level of respect and 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 professionalism um put simply it, it's very very difficult uh, to to be dipped in, in in two different places where you're trying to be you know the do the do gooders and 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 trying to protect your players and trying to protect your organization but then everybody else wants what you don't want to talk about so it's I don't know it's just difficult so I, I think uh, go ahead Mark sorry I think breaking point for me was one that like I'm glad it came out and I was very entertained by it, but I can understand that like this is not something where you go to orgs and you're like look at this prime example of how to approach team problems because i don't think it really is but i think um the first rebirth or whatever i think it was called rebirth at the time where we're like we had a similar issue with piglet and damien uh did a really great job like approaching it like a human interest story i guess to show like look how much struggle there is like in being a team of people trying to achieve something and all that stuff and like gabe's obviously a beast he can do the same thing i mean obviously the breaking point but like I feel like you can tell the story of the team and the ups and downs that come with it, and that gives people context. Um, well, I actually I do want to give I do want to give a shout out to the Hundred Thieves production team because you are right. Gabe is a beast. Uh, Gabriel Ruiz uh, was one of our first hires at Hundred Thieves, and he came from um, One Up Productions, which is a Team Liquid's production studio, and he's really really incredible at telling stories. And he had two episodes of the heist ready when we when we made our trade with Medios, uh, but I made the decision to just axe it because I was just really, really, really intimidated by going down a path where we were sharing very intimate moments of hundred thieves, you know, behind closed doors in the scrim room, you know, in the at the riot studios, and and what was taking place with with the roster and how people were acting and. And and so it's it's just I'm telling you guys, it's a very difficult place to be. It, it yeah. really is, because once you turn that page and, you know, and you make the decision that, OK, we are going to be more transparent and we're going to we're going to share these moments. It's it's you, you you take on a new identity. And um, the one thing I actually do want to address the chat. I want to, cause I always, Oh, oh that's a bad idea to look at that chat. That's uh, no, no, chat's no, always the, being the, a dummy. The, the chat's not that bad. The one thing I keep people, what, what people keep saying is like hire a fucking PR manager. Listen, I truly believe. And obviously you're not going to believe me when I say this. I, I don't think right now esports teams or us specifically are in positions or well i know for a fact we don't need a pr manager because if we need a pr manager then that means that we are not very good with communicating with you guys now obviously Wait, right but now, we are not we are not that, i mean yeah, yeah that's what you said on stream so that's i'm kind of confused uh by that statement say it again i was just saying that's what you admitted to on stream was that you felt like you you had communication issues this year yes so. yes 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 no no absolutely we had poor communication issues but i think the comment that we need a, a PR manager like that is it at such an extreme degree like, like PR managers are used for, you know, maintaining a certain image and, 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 and helping you navigate the world of, you know, like current social it's media. It's when you dump toxic and, sludge in the river. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and listen, there we had two very specific moments this year where I should have communicated better. We didn't do that. But I don't think we're so far gone where. I can't figure out how to lead our team better to communicate more 
with the community. I guess I just I I respectfully and look, I I want to throw this out there. Like I think them like you, you don't getting have to pe- respectfully disagree, but you, I, dude, you can do no, 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 no. I I tell do like because I actually tell think like it is respectfully. Like I do think uh, I disagree. I will I will caveat okay. that by saying that I think you I. When you first came to the scene, I was like, and I think I've, I've joked about this in interviews with you before. I was like, okay, we've got a Call of Duty bro coming into League of Legends. Like, what is this going to look like? Um, but I think you have a way with words and, and a charisma that allows you to communicate in a great fashion. That being said, I, I really disagree with you on the PR front. Like, so Team Liquid uses, um, wow, well, why am I forgetting their name? Nicola Piggott's uh, PR company, Nicola, who used to go, uh, oh, Story Mob. Nicola, who used to run PR for, for Riot Esports, and that has been a huge benefit to Team Liquid, right? Like, so when uh, Peter's terrible tragedy happened uh, right before Spring Split, she worked with Peter and with Steve to, like, help mitigate so much of this, like, the kind of craziness that was going on around that time to, to help support him and, and finding out, like, the right words to, to go and, and to sort of be somebody who could help draft statements in response to media uh beyond beyond like i think a lot of people perceive pr managers to be crisis management but in reality like a lot of the amazing like tl this year has gone out and done a ton of uh cool media opportunities with different uh different companies and different media brands like mainstream people like i i honestly just think that if you have the right pr person alongside you they can have a very active role in having, you know, lining up interesting opportunities for Hunter T, and then being at least like a, a yeah. group of people that you can talk to whenever you do have something well, like this happen. Well, well, with everything that you just listed, I don't disagree in any way. Uh, I was I was more just referring to we don't need a PR manager to work and deal with our our roster changes. I I mean I without a doubt I mean we worked with a PR uh, group for our investment, uh, our, our, our series a investment, uh, with Drake and scooter Braun. And, um, there are certainly applications where a uh, PR group or PR manager definitely, uh, makes sense and can help in more ways than one. I was more specifically just talking about roster changes just because I'm confident in my ability to, I, I just don't believe there are so many skeletons in the closet from like a from a roster change perspective where we need somebody to guide us on how to talk about that um and i know that that sounds fucking ass backwards because we didn't talk about it at all this year but now moving forward i know what level of communication needs to be had with the community and people like you guys and shows like this to explain why we made certain decisions with our roster but like pr as a whole uh, that I didn't convey that appropriately or correctly um, sure. just a few minutes ago. I, I definitely don't disagree with you. I most certainly do agree with you that PR um, can help in a, more ways than one. So the the other two things I'll I'll say really quickly, uh, and just want to get your takes on before we go to calls. I know I know we people want to chat, but uh, one is with I worry for you that if you have the highest running and you only release it when times are good, that you diminish the credibility of the heist, right? Because then it just feels like a marketing tool whenever it's like, hey, things are great. Uh, it's a big struggle for us to make it, but we're making it. And then whenever something bad happens, it's like, let's not show it. That I, I worry that that, like, 
it it's weird that it goes dark on these weeks where like some drama happens behind the scenes because it's like this is not then like a documentary about the team it's a like a sort of more narrative written thing you're you're missing out on a lot of the actual reality and honesty of what's going on with the org it's a valid point i without a doubt i mean that's a valid uh thought process that i won't discredit i i've actually never thought about content in a in 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 using it for marketing content is just something that i've always done with video games like the one thing i wanted to do was a docu-series uh for hundred thieves uh just because i was a part of a team called optic gaming and really the 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 content responsibility was on the players and the players alone like if you wanted to make a vlog or if you wanted to share more information about the team you did it and you did it alone then after i left optic gaming they started a series called vision shout out to optic hitch he did a tremendous job with that um, and that was something that I always thought was incredible, dude. I love like hard knocks. I love 30 for 30. I love sports documentaries. And I just wanted to have a, 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 a docu-series that would follow us along. And I, I, I definitely think the point that you raise is something that we should talk about internally. Um, just because Gabe has done a tremendous job and continues to do a tremendous job with the heist. And there have been episodes, and I, I will tell you that. Um, openly, there have been episodes that Gabe has made that just made me sweat. They made me nervous because I didn't know how the community would react. Like with Medio specifically, again, I've said this two times tonight and I'll say it the third time. It really is you're in a rock and a hard place because as soon as as soon as we share those very intimate moments that maybe players don't want to be out there and they don't want um, the, these moments to be public, you you're 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 really drawing a line in in the community like people are either going to be on your side or they're not going to be on your side and they're either going to be really happy with you or they're going to be really unhappy with you and that without a doubt makes me nervous because from everything that i've done i always try to be as positive as possible with everything that i do and and share and so like throwing dirt in uh or throwing mud and kicking up dirt is something that's always been very intimidating to me right and there is a certain way that you can convey what's happening through the heist. Um, but again, it's, it's, it's a really difficult position to be in. Um, and so maybe it's something that we need to talk about uh, a little bit more carefully internally. Like maybe we need to shift our stance a little bit. I, I don't have the answers for you right now, but I totally understand. Like I'm not going to push off what you're saying. What I saw in chat was somebody said delete scenes and not episodes because I actually agree. Like I, I okay. think that's a great line because I was not a fan of how C9 released the actual benching moment of the team. That was really rough and probably not correct. And uh, I think the LA Valiant also got flamed pretty hard for posting a scene in an In-N-Out parking lot. Shout out to Nate Shot's favorite place of a team. I got it. I got it. <laughs> of, of of a of a player getting, uh, you know, like a stern talking to by an owner. But I think having that conversation, the last thing I'll say before we go to calls is just this, which is like, here's, here's what I would have loved to see with a Medios interview or Medios announcement thing. Right. So okay. Medios puts his word out. A lot of questions, mm -hmm. a lot of speculation. Gabe's got this beautiful cinematic shot of you. You come in with the vlog. You're like, what's up guys. Nate shot here. Just, it's a really tough time. Got to talk to you guys. Um, you know, I just have to say, like, I love Medios. I loved, I loved him. I love him more than my Tesla. But 
I, you know, we've, we've up, had, what are, we, what are we, we doing? We've had a lot of in and out, you know, we, it's been great. Um, but like, you know, it's just, it's tough because as a team owner, you know, I have to make the decision that is, is best for the org and for the team. And, uh, it, it pains me to say this, but we have decided to part ways with Medios. uh, found a great place for him in FlyQuest. Like, uh, we, we wanted to make sure he had a good position and, and we went out and talked to, to folks, you know, it, this was a thing that was, uh, a long conversation going on behind the scenes that took place over many weeks. Uh, it's not something that was a decision that was made in the middle of, of nowhere. And uh, I, I like ultimately for us, success and finding the right balance for what the roster looks like is super important. And this is the decision that we've we've decided to make. I know this is not popular with many of you. Uh, Medios is a, is a fan favorite, and I'm going to be rooting for him at FlyQuest. Uh, it'll be tough when oh, we face God, him, Travis, we get but it. This that's is your, that's your... what it is. Great, dude. Hey, <laughs> I, <laughs> Wait. I, Mark, dude. Yeah, Travis was gonna go off for like ten more. No, minutes I was almost done, Mark. Stopping. That was it. I was I done. I don't fucking believe you. That was the preamble for the meat of it. Travis, I scoring twenty splits to go. <laughs> I think you just convinced me to bring on a PR manager for the hundred thieves League of Legends team. We should talk after this. All right, good. Well, let's let's grab some oh, calls. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to hop off. Travis. All right, Mark. Any final oh, words? Oh, anything oh, as you're leaving? Whoa, 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 Mark. Where are you going? What's up, bro? We didn't even get to talk. You leaving? I'm on me? vacation. He's bailing from the Wendy's parking lot fight, dude. Wait, 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 wait. You consider talking to me work? Like, let's just have. Uh, you're, you're on vacation no. now. You can't <laughs> stick around a little bit longer. Uh, my girlfriend <laughs> took a week off work, and I was supposed to start vacation with her today. <laughs> This little is. little different. Uh, she's graciously granted me these 50 minutes. What I was going <laughs> to say before I go was just that uh, from what I've seen in the scene, like I can 100% respect like if you guys want to be the org that doesn't air dirty laundry or whatever, you know, that's a tougher road to go down than the people yes, who like actually is, put stuff out there. Is. So I can respect that. But what I'll say is as far as I can tell in the scene, like drama happens, people get over it. I've never seen someone like as long as you do it in a respectful way, like people get Dude, mad and they get a little butt hurt, but like, is 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 okay. I I, I understand what you're saying. No, yeah, I'm like to cut you off, cut. Yeah, I'm just saying like I've never seen a player like driven out of the scene because of that or like negative backlash. Like C9's fine now. Dardock still plays. Dardock still plays. You know, Loco got another coaching job. Like people people bounce on, they move on, and like I understand that like if you if that's not the route you want to take, that's fine. But like as far as I've seen being in the scene forever, like. No one stays upset about it. Yeah, and I, I definitely agree with you. Uh, listen, man, it's this is really no people. Difficult. Hold on, real quick. It's, people saying Loco leaked. I'm not saying he has a job now. I meant like after Breaking Point, he was with Gold Coin United and then Golden Guardian. Still, not new news. Sorry to cut you off, Nate. No, you're fine, man. Never apologize to me, Mark. Never apologize to me. Fucking, I uh, never will then. <laughs> Except for bailing on the Wendy's parking Look, man. fight. You better say you're sorry for that because I was going to be entertained. I, I ain't no bitch. I just got other priorities. Whoa, 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 whoa. What's up, man? Is the girlfriend not letting you go to Wendy's either? <laughs> no, man. We got a, a great Halloween plan, all right? More important whipped, things to do. Whipped in 2018, man. Couldn't be me. Couldn't be so, me. I love it. Listen, 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 listen. I, I hate having to put on this this hat where I try to convince people like, Hey, we're this really great organization. We're not going to, we're going to take the high road in all of our situations. Like it, it just sounds I'm dude. I stream all the time. And I, I talk, I'm 
I try to be as down to earth as possible and, and try to be as transparent as I can about everything that's going on in my life. And so I, I promise you guys, it's really difficult for me to give you guys the very political answer over and over and over and like regurgitate to you guys. We're not going to do this. We're not going to throw our players on the bus. It's not it's not something that I enjoy uh, having to continue to explain to you guys. But I will share with you that I don't necessarily disagree with what has what Travis brought up earlier and Mark with what you're saying now. And I know that players won't be ostracized where they'll never have a career again. But it's something that maybe we need to have a longer discussion about internally with our production team and with my partner, John and Jackson, who you guys all probably know um, about how we handle situations like this moving forward. I, I mean, I'm. I'm not opposed to creating uh, more storylines and, 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 and having people more interested in 100 Thieves and what we're doing. And I know for a fact, if we would have put out these episodes of the heist that featured Medios or featured Cody Sun, some people really would have loved it and some people would have hated it. Um, it probably would have been all over the League of Legends subreddit. I, I mean, look, there's, there's many different... I really believe that this is the fork in the road now that Captain... Uh, Flowers was talking about. God, I can't stop thinking Captain Sparkles. I can't stop thinking <laughs> Captain Sparkles. Fuck. Nate, I hate to cut you off, but we gotta let Mark leave. Like trolling, dude. He's yeah, no, good. this was my whole thing. I kept trying to talk in circles so that Mark would stay on longer. <laughs> okay, gotcha. I'm trying hey, to get Mark. You thanks for coming job. on. Mark, Mark's I'm being dragged I'm away by forces his, we cannot control, my friend. I'm trying to make his vacation a this lot is, more miserable. This is outside of our scope now. Yeah. You already got me for 20 extra minutes. I, I would have. I, I messed up. I was not paying enough attention to what I was. Go I get was her some things. flowers. Bye, Mark. We love you. you know, uh, enjoy the callers. See ya. Yeah. See ya. The Later, the Mark. the only other Be thing, good. Mark Mark cut me off uh, earlier in a shot, but the uh, the second video you would do for Ricard and Cody's son at the end of that, you just go. It's like it was a tough decision, etc. But happy to say we've got a limited edition Cody or Cody's son jersey coming out. <laughs> it's gonna be sick. <coughs> Celebrating his achievements with the. The team. Jesus Christ, Travis. Oh, uh, let's <laughs> let's get let's get Captain Flowers. Uh, yeah. If you want to go grab somebody. Uh, all right, all right. I'm gonna go scarner all somebody. Okay. Let's see who we got. Wait, I know it's getting late. Nate shot and, and Captain. How you guys right. have a little I'm bit chilling, more? I'm chilling, bro. After this, I'm ordering a pizza, starting up the stream, playing Call of Duty. What's Dude, up? Okay. Once this shit's done, I'm just going back to Riot and finishing up the rest of. Finals prep, and it's not like I don't have eight whole hours to do that because I'm not going to sleep. So, okay, well. yo, can we can we talk about IG and Fnatic, the two teams that beat us at Worlds in the finals? Are we? Are we? Are we, are we gonna go just this? casually? Bro, slip I was, in I, was I was, the group I was of death. waiting. I was waiting on the League of Legends subreddit, man. I was just waiting. I'm like, all right, yo, the thread's coming. The thread's coming. Yeah, no, so, it's not, somebody, it's not coming, sorry. The thread's coming. Somebody like any minute now. F five. F five. F five. Oh man, I was ready to go. I was just, oh, here it comes, baby. Redemption for a hundred thieves. Fucking hell no. Hey, hundred thieves still sucks, man. <laughs> no, all, right, all right, all right, all right. I'm gonna go grab a caller. Okay, cool. All right. Uh, shout out to where are we at? Uh, subs. Uh, th Captain Hat thirty six zero Velasca Rectorial Danny Grimm uh, Tosley. Burnt Cooter, back for eight months. Great, glad to see you. Struccio, oh, <laughs> Ateo Rachel for seven. Uh, level level 98 Mudkip. Crispy Cream, who came in through, tried to distract from all the, the drama just now with 10 gifted subs. Thank you, Crispy Cream, uh, who also reset for two months. We should be getting that next caller. Are we going to ignore the fact that, that guy's second. username is Burnt Cooter? Like, I mean, I, I don't know. The spelling did, is... How um, did you casually just... 
Well, I, that's how I do it. I try to never actually like react. That's well, to not give them the pleasure. No, you should have just said burnt, burnt. Thanks for yeah, the yeah. sub. Well, that's what I do with the stuff Listen, that's offensive, you, but I don't if, think if that you, one is. If you ever need a personal stream PR manager, my line is. Thank open. you, thank you, Nate Shot. We'll trade services. It'll be good. Uh, it'll be good. All right, we should have our good friend Captain Flyers returning here in a second with a caller. If the callers haven't fallen asleep, Jin Axel, two months. Uh, Magical Lion. Whiskey All right, I'm Scarner Alton. This dude in here. Let's go. Okay, here we go. Fez right, is here. Fez. Fez, uh, welcome to the show. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Mobile, Alabama. Mobile, like Alabama. Very good. Uh, well, what do you want to talk about on the show tonight? Well, I was telling Captain Flowers, uh, you guys kind of touched up on it already, but I kind of wanted to push the whole thing of when Nade was talking about basically how they wanted to protect the players and how the organization was very much for that, that the whole community and league especially had been league of the players, more so of the team, except for like TSM, CLG, and Z9 for years because of relegation. And basically all that, it was recycling all players to new teams. And I think it was hurting more so the brand than it was protecting the players because the players will always be backed by the community. And I think 100 Thieves is really successful, and I am a big 100 Thieves fan. I Let's go Fez, my boy! <laughs> I, I subscribed the first day the videos came out, but I think the where kind of 100 oh, Thieves went wrong was <sighs> protecting the players too much okay. and, and not protecting themselves enough. I think when a player goes out and says something that obviously you know we're on the outside looking in, and that's okay, but basically you know, when somebody goes and says something and then you can't respond to that because you're trying to protect them it just looks bad on you more so than good on the player and like i said the community is always going to protect the player so i think it's important for an for an organization to put their foot down sometimes you know like you see these big orgs like football and all that crap and kind of just be like this is what's happening and we respect you know cody or etc player for being a great, you know, use of the organization, but this is what's going on, and you know, pretty much that's it. I think, I think, j just the org needs to be harder on players sometimes. First off, Fez, I like you. I like you a lot. I appreciate the uh, the thoughtful question and statement, so to speak. Second of all, honestly, the the sentiment that Travis and Captain Flowers and the chat and the League of Legends community is conveying to me is really going to help shape our our media strategy for 2019. It really seems as if people want more information, right? And I, I actually do agree with you. And I know I might sound a little one-sided when I say this, but you're right. I really believe that from everything I've seen, the League of Legends community really backs the players and they really take the player's side. Yeah, I, I really did believe earlier this year without us saying anything explicitly about what was happening with our players, I thought people would be able to read between the lines, right? I thought people would be able to see through and say, okay, Medios isn't on the team anymore. They absolutely needed to trade him even they, even though they were winning. I, I really believed that people would be able to figure out, okay, something wasn't right. They had to move on, and that would be that. Uh, and obviously that was not the case. And so it sounds like people want to hear more details, and maybe we need to reshape how we can respectfully share more information um, so that 
it isn't as one-sided as it's been. So, um, Captain Flowers and Travis, feel free to weigh in on that. I, I guess we just need to really retool and rethink how we share information. I, I mean, I worry that I, if I re, re I respond, I only repeat stuff that I I said before. So, uh, okay. I don't know, Captain Flowers, if you have anything new, or we should maybe just let Fez keep talking. No, I've pretty much said my piece. Yeah, Fez, I don't know if you have a follow up. Well, the biggest thing, like I said, was I think there's a way to be respectful and also hard on your players, kind of like a parent, because they are your employees. And I am a military person. I've been in the Navy 10 years. Uh, thank you for your it. service, man. I appreciate that. And thank you. And and I really believe that conflict within a team is always good because it makes you closer when you iron out the details. And I think the bad thing about looking on the outside, you know, looking in with, with what happened with Cody's son and what happened with Medios is it just looks like every time there was a problem, the easiest solution is just to kick out the problem, not figure it out. And it seems like that was done twice, which is why the community backlash so much on the organization itself, because it looks like you guys aren't solving the problems. It looks like you're just getting rid of the problems. That's a, that's a really great perspective, honestly. I mean, I can promise you, and whatever my word is worth, I don't, I don't know what that is to the chat and the community anymore, but... I promise you with Medios and Cody, these were not uh, blink of an eye decisions. This wasn't something where we just flew off the handle. We're like, we got to get Medios off of this team because of one bad practice or Cody's not playing anymore because he had that bad series or that bad decision uh, versus TSM. I promise you that was not the case. You know, I guess where my frustration came from this year is that I really do believe we have one of the best management teams in, in eSports. I trust our staff and I trust our coaches. Now, again, I know it's not the best time to say these things because people don't, a lot of people don't believe in what we're doing right now, but we handle things incredibly thoughtfully. We've met with the players and coaches in multiple different scenarios and have talked through these issues and tried to fix what was broken inside and out. And um, those those there, there just wasn't uh, a solution that we could reach internally to fix these problems. So we made those decisions to trade Medios and to have her car start over Cody. So I totally understand that perspective, man. I, I really believe that you guys are, are helping me sort of shift my mindset uh, when I go back into the office over this next the next couple of months leading into the offseason in 2019 and really shaping um what our communication outlets will look like for uh, the remainder of our time in the LCS franchising. And, and last thing I just want to say before I take off was uh, I really respect the organization uh, from how well we've done or you guys have done in the first year, especially. I think it's a great example to how franchising has done well. But like every good thing, people will focus on the bad things more so than the good things. And I think that, you know, it, it, it's really important to kind of take perspective especially with your group and you know always just try to do better i think the way we left worlds really left a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths but you know i think we did well for what was going on personally. Yo, ex excuse my language but fez you're my fucking boy let's go we love fez yo i'm a fez stan listen I will send you uh, your PayPal payment uh, for all the things you just said after, after the call all right thanks fez 
Fez, you're the man. All we right. love Fez. Stan All right, Fez. take care, guys. <laughs> take it easy, Fez. Hey, thank you so much, Fez. Yo, I, I love that guy. I wonder. Fez, I wonder if you're. Is this your your strategy with every one of the? The yeah, callers are hey, all going to hey, come hey, in go, here. Go, 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 go find another guy like that. I will say, no, all so right, the funny right, thing is... Go see who I can find. I think I got a pool of... Oh, wait, we got three different guys. To yeah, yeah. All right, I'm going to go, go find it. another guy. These here. will be our three guys. Uh, our three people. Who knows? Oh, uh, the, the funny thing is, I like I looked specifically for people who are in the, the pleb topics and subtopics. Maybe I've missed people, but I expected people to say, like, I'm going to come on and demand what happened at Worlds, or I'm going to come on and demand what... It, People are like I, I'm trying to find ones that aren't like I think the heist is amazing or Nate shot is handsome or whatever. Like people, I think are too intimidated to come in here and uh, and challenge you. Well, wait, wait, yeah, hey, listen, don't provoke them. One, yeah. one, and and two. There's only been one caller, so there's yeah, probably still true. time for some curveballs here. Yeah. Thank you to uh, Trace B Smackzer, Leon. All right, Scarnerall number two. Here we go. Off cooldown, coming at you. Boom. All right, Mr. J. Pistachio, welcome to the show. Where are you calling from? Uh, Austin, Texas. Austin, we love Austin. I love, we love Austin. Austin. Yes, we do. Good. Yeah, you ever been to Sixth Street? Uh, a little young for that, but. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, well, when you're 21, man, when you're 21. Uh, uh, Mr. J. Pistachio, like where you go to party? Sixth Street is like the is it's it's like um yeah it's just a, a full street of bars that all the college kids go to. It's really sounds cool awesome. Place. Yeah, it's awesome. It is, Mr. It is. J. Pistachio. What do you want to talk about on the show tonight? Uh, so I just had a question, uh, kind of about more like the background aspects of uh, Hundred Thieves and kind of like some things Nate didn't expect coming into the LCS compared to like Call of Duty because I know mm -hmm. like in Call of Duty like roster changes you do bad in an event like there's a roster change like you don't wait compared to like League of Legends and kind of like the communication with the community. Which you guys kind of hit on earlier, but yeah, that's kind of it. Sure. Yeah. I mean, for Call of Duty specifically, uh, roster changes happen so quickly. And I mean, just a few short years ago, players weren't contracted, they didn't make any money, and they weren't locked on roster. So if you had a bad event, you were getting dropped and you were getting replaced. I mean, on Optic Gaming alone, I was dropped from like the main roster like two different occasions. And I just went and go played for another team. You know, these, the way that players moved um, was just not, there wasn't as much analysis as I've seen in league of legends. Now, obviously this community is much, much, much bigger and has a lot more structure compared to when I was competing. And so it's my fault for not understanding how things have changed and the way that um, communities expect information and how things have adapted but in Call of Duty, I mean, if, if you're not playing well or, or you're causing problems on the team, you're done. It's just the nature of it. And then you go and try to find a new team and you try to kick the shit out of the team that dropped you. I mean, that's just it's it, it was it, it was very transactional. There wasn't as much um, drama around the situations. It was it was just keep it moving. Um, it's 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 hard to explain if you don't follow the, the, the Call of Duty community, but roster changes happen uh pretty they're pretty prevalent and i just there 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 aren't a ton of teams that make content there aren't a ton of teams that really communicate as as much as the league of legends community expects uh organizations to in in this world um and that's something that i definitely have learned uh very quickly in the last couple of months yeah uh any other thoughts mr pistachio jay pistachio 
Uh, then I just had one more quick. Uh, how do you think like your investment with Drake and the other Series Series Eight uh, investors will help you outside of like financial help? Yeah, absolutely, sure. So we, um, I I really do believe that esports content and and really just gaming entertainment is something that is always going to continue to grow and thrive, and and that's something that we're investing heavily into. So right now, with Dan Gilbert as our original investor, uh, he has obviously all the knowledge and experience in the world when it comes to traditional sports, being the owner of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And then uh, a lot of my staff and a lot of the people that helped me really incubate the company, uh, they have all the ties and relationships that we could ever need in the world of venture. So I really believe the last gap in our investment background was entertainment uh, because I have some very big aspirational goals for what it means to create content for gaming. Um, you know, right now everything's primarily on YouTube and I think we'll always continue to produce content for YouTube, but there's like a, a bunch of OTT opportunities, I, I think with, with, with over Hulu the and Netflix, yeah. uh, it's, 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 it, I, I really do believe that Drake and Scooter Braun bring a world of experience in the world of entertainment that can help us substantially moving forward. Um, so that was the mindset behind bringing those. I, I really believe that they're entertainment moguls and. Obviously, I've, I've been a, a huge admirer of Drake's career and just the the, uh, the ability of Scooter Braun to get shit done for us has been tremendous. So Yeah, that's what really, I was going to ask, uh, Nate, because I like I people come to me and they say, like, what do you think about the fact that Michael Jordan's getting into TL? What do you think about the fact that like Drake is going into Hunter T? Uh, like we for me, I am just exhausted because so many times I've heard celebrities or big people investing into a team and then you never really see anything come of that. Because they just threw down some money and then walked well, away or whatever. But sounds like this is different. Yeah. I mean, traditionally, like speaking, well, well, not traditionally, but historically speaking, a lot of these celebrity and artists and athletes that you've seen, uh, you know, so-and-so as a part of this organization invested, they weren't actual contributions from that celebrity or that that, that celebrity investor specifically. And, and if they did invest in the company, it was probably a very, very small amount of money. And it was more of a favor to the organization or the venture fund that was investing in the team. Um, for us, Drake and Scooter both invested a significant amount of money personally. Um, they didn't invest to, into a fund that then invested into 100 Thieves. Um, and that's, I'm not throwing shade at Michael Jordan uh, investing in axiomatic gaming and then the axiomatic I think that's how you pronounce it, investing in Team Liquid. Ours was just structured different, whereas Scooter and Drake gave us a significant amount of money. They led our Series A. They have enough equity now where they are co-owners. So they will be contributing as much as they can at any turn of the corner to help us continue to grow and to be more successful and to drive our valuation up and so that you know we can all make some money uh, down the road. Yeah. Very good. Well, hey, thank you so much. By the way, Mr. J. Pistachio, did you just pull that from chat? Uh, no, I actually had that ready on a notepad. All okay. my notes ready. Chat, I like you, chat was, He's prepped, man. He's good to go. Chat was demanding that question, then you came through. Uh, and Lazarus is all salty because his topic was about it. But I like that Lazarus guy, too. I like uh, him. You don't, no one likes that Lazarus guy. But um, he he had a... Uh, his topic was more about the communication. I don't know. It was still less about the Drake thing. He just messaged Drake once. Either way... I I should have I should have brought a notepad. This this I dude I literally yo listen pistachio I gotta t I gotta start taking notes like you man I should have done that I will pull up a notepad. Yeah, I you know I just never do notes you know like Travis I woke up from a nap okay I was out to like five in the morning last night I woke up from a nap went to Starbucks came here 
I feel like the first 30 minutes of this didn't go as well as I had hoped. We should restart. <laughs> Let's call back Mark. We got to get his girlfriend okay for another hour of it. <laughs> Let's call back. Dude, I don't Let's know if it. she's going to abide by that. It seemed like he had to get Let's let's go to them. I got a mobile podcasting setup. Let's nice. go to them. Right. You gonna swing by and pick me and Travis up? We'll just Absol- road trip. Absolutely, bro. We'll hop into Tessie. I got a. I got All right, a, let's do it. I got, All right, I got a sick playlist. You know, ready. people were wondering why I made a joke about the Tesla thing at the vlog, you know, idea. But uh, I I know you love your Tesla. I love the fact that uh, when I sort your this was I was doing research before. You you entered the scene, Nate shot on you because obviously I knew who you were, but I was like, okay, what's this like YouTube channel like? What's this go? I went oh, and no. sorted by top videos, and it's just like bought a G wagon, selling <laughs> the G wagon. You know, like the first video, Gabe Gabe who was living with me at the time is like, I'm leaving Liquid. I'm gonna go do big things at Hunter T. Very, he's like, he's like, okay, Travis, I gotta wake up really early tomorrow because I gotta go shoot my first video with Hunter T. First video comes out, it's like. Nate shots like, guys, I've been thinking about what car I'm gonna get. Look, it's a Tesla. I'm like, okay, this is what the Hunter T content's gonna be like. Uh, Gabe, this is a- oh hell yeah, bro! You should see what we're doing in 2019. More cars, more sneakers, more everything. It's gonna be awesome. Thank you, Mr. J. Pistachio, for the call. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Hell yeah, thanks, Jay. All right, gonna go get another one. Burp. Okay. Yeah, go for it. Uh, wait, all right. So wait, 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 wait. So, so you don't like the the car videos then? I like. I mean, I like the car. It was a le- no. I mean, legitimately, it was a lesson to me because I asked Kelby, who's in chat right now. I was like, "Why are these the number one videos?" Also, doesn't it feel kind of like self celebratory? And he's like, "People, Welcome his community." Welcome back, Scarter Alti, big time. Here we go. Welcome, Denny. Denny, one second. I'm finishing a thought here. I, Kelby's response was. Nate Shot's community wants to celebrate his success and him like being able to achieve these like fun goals of like getting a car that he wants or whatever. That's something that they enjoy and they celebrate. So it was a it was a really interesting content lesson for me uh, to sort of see that stuff. Yeah, I mean, I get. Man, you're really trying to dissect that, huh? I'm just listen. It was Kelby dissected it. I don't know. People like G wagons. Maybe that's the whole point. Um, Denny Nukes, what do you want to? Where are you calling uh, from? I want. Uh, I'm calling from Westchester, New York. Been on the show before. Need more water. Yeah. Be right back. Welcome back. Welcome back. What do you want to talk man. about it's on the show too, tonight? It's been too long, Travis. Yeah, to sorry. To be honest, I think a lot of my topics are better than some of this other trashy dragon here. Well, uh, first off, one ever, first off, it's Mark that drags the trash in here. Second, it's not trash. Third, everyone, everyone who watches this show and puts a uh, just comment or thing in, they think they have like the most brilliant fucking idea they're in the world. Silver, they're all silver five. So. All right, hold well, on, Denny, Denny, Denny. I'm, I feel sorry for asking this. I want to ask you a question first. All right, listen. Yeah. I know you're from New York. L.A. doesn't have great pizza places like New York. Should I order Papa John's or Domino's? What do you think? Domino's, hundred percent. Domino's pan pizza. What's up? What are we doing? All right. Can we get you. into the topic, please? 100% Domino's. Okay. I just wanted to ask Nate Shot why he why Hundred Thieves has elected to go with the limited release, you know, like small batch of clothing release, uh, rather than like uh, mass like availability and like affordability approach, like you know, versus one or the other. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, so I I mean, from the get, from the jump, Hundred Thieves actually was not an esports organization. Hundred Thieves was a creative outlet for me to try to mold a brand in a sen- in a way that was reflected my current 
uh, chapter of my life, right? So yeah, this it's was like years see, before franchising, right? Because yeah, people are going to be confused thinking that this. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Just yeah. This. this was in 2016. So yeah. the mindset behind Hundred Thieves was the fact that he said you have people like Ninja, you have people like, I mean, you have tons of influencers and creators and streamers that all have their own merch. And so, like for an example, I back in like 2014, I used to sell Nade Shot T-shirts, and at that moment in my life, that chapter in my life, I thought that was really cool. But Nade Shot for me was not what was like a reflection of what influences me and, and who I am, the clothes that I wear and, 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 and the music that I listen to. I, Nate Shot just wasn't a reflection of myself at, at this age in this chapter of my life. So I wanted to create a brand that more people could relate to because Nate Shot was so singular and it was all about me. And in my opinion as well, I, I really believe that a lot of, a lot of influencers and they, they'll go to like a third party website and they'll sell like mass produced t-shirts that aren't the best quality in the world. And, and a lot of esports organizations, and I'm not knocking this business. I don't think it's a bad thing, but a lot of esports organizations just operate as sports teams and they sell jerseys and they sell like a t-shirt with their name on it. And that's fine and all it's not a bad thing, but for, Hundred Thieves for me specifically, you know, I'm when I'm going to buy clothes, man. I'm like I'm copping Supreme, like I'm copping different brands that that I think are really really cool, and that's sort of what that Hundred Thieves money. was for me. Yeah, the YouTube money. I, I but why to... can't we buy your clothing? That's a cool reason why you made the clothing line. But well, why I was can't gonna we buy I was gonna get to that, Travis. <laughs> okay, what's up, bro? What you rushing me for? Let me I mean, tell the story, listen, man. Listen, Let me tell a story. This is not a Nate shot stream. We have to we have to keep the questions rolling. Okay. All right. Fair, fair, fair. Listen, from, from the jump, um, I really wanted 100 Thieves to be an exclusive but all-encompassing experience, right? So that if you really did fuck with 100 Thieves and you really love their clothing, um, you would understand that we are spending a bunch of money and, and have smaller margins on, on the quality. Like, this is 100% Terry Cotton, like this hoodie. 20 ounces. This is, like, the mo this is the best hoodie in terms of, like, quality that you really can buy, whether it's at Nordstrom, whether it's in Bloomingdale's, whether it's in, uh, you know, one of your streetwear brands that you really love. Like we are spending a lot of time and money on the fits and and everything that we're doing. And so uh, you, we have to order these 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 clothes like two, three months in advance, like these orders. And 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 the product itself takes a, it's a long lead time. I don't think people really understand. Like if we're, we're not going to a third party production facility that already has blank hoodies and we're going to print this. Like this is embroidered. It's like I said, it's custom fit. The the hole around the neck, the sleeves, where it sits at your pockets, below your waist, all of it. So we're we're I'm telling you, man. Like we're super meticulous with it, but we have to order two to three months in advance. Oh, it looks it looks nice. Like it's, I haven't seen any. It looks really nice. I'm just you know. Well, I, oh, I appreciate that. So so to get to the to circle it all back, the we 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 don't have a gigantic warehouse like we this is a startup and we can't take a bunch of risk on inventory right so this year has been spent really trying to collect more data and more information about the demand for our clothing how many units we can comfortably sell what it might look like to have a more premium approach to um just brand branding in in gaming um and so i'm not saying that this is how it's always going to be you know we've had a lot of great suggestions that you should have a premium line that where you do these normal drops and you have other items that are 100 widely accessible at all times so that people can support the brand um that's something that we've definitely been considering but 
I, I really do believe and I actually love, uh, you know, when somebody finally spends like 90 bucks on a hoodie or whatever item that we're selling, when they finally get it, they're stoked about it. They know that not everybody ha- was able to get this and there's something special about that experience. And that was the original mindset behind our strategy. But now, again, like things change and evolve over time. I've realized how many people are now upset that they can't participate and celebrate 100 Thieves and support us by picking up our apparel. So we're gonna, we're trying to figure it out. It's not in a, a did, quick fix. Did uh, MetaThreads make your jerseys? No, no, no. Our our jerseys are completely custom. Okay. Have you worked with MetaThreads before? I'm actually just curious. Met- MetaThreads did our first drop back in November in 2017. That's when we had like the polyester, polyester hoodie uh and the black and camo windbreaker because here's um, my here's been my concern i've been actually i went on a rant about this in hotline league before i'm sorry captain flowers we need to find something for you to to loop in on because oh no, dude you're good um but my concern is this my concern previously has been that 100t has been like okay supreme like 100t is like we're going to be a lifestyle brand we want to be more than just a team we want to be a lifestyle brand we and, are, baby. Let's go. Right. We're working on it. And okay. you're looking right. at, mm-hmm. at uh, Supreme and Yeezys and the model, and you guys have partnered with StockX, so obviously like you're into that culture. Obviously, looking at you, you're into that culture. My concern has been that as a marketing tactic, you have done limited releases to drive up demand for your brand and your apparel, and that by denying like a, a generally available piece of clothing, you have sort of created this... like intense demand that way you see with other like Supremes or whatever. And yeah, yeah. and while that is, and if that is the case, which I'm sure you'll answer in a second, I think uh, that is really great if you are a lifestyle brand, but if you're a team and your fans want to celebrate you and they don't have access to that stuff, that can be kind of like anti-fan or anti-consumer, which is kind of shitty. Right. And I, I don't disagree with that. And it's something that um, has definitely been a topic of discussion for us internally. I, I, I think there, there is a balance that we can strike uh, moving forward in the future. Um, the questions that you're asking, though, I think are just very different from the mindset that we've had. Like, this hasn't been a malicious attack on our fan base where it's well, like, I don't hey, think it's a malicious attack. To be yeah, I, I just, it's, it's like, fresh stuff. like I, I look at that stuff and I'm like, that's just, that stuff's really cool. But like, I was just wondering, you know. Well, like, no, no, it's a good question. And, and like, just to speak towards Travis specifically. I, 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 I really do believe that we will find a balance in the future. We're not trying to shit on our fans. Like if you don't have 85, 90 bucks to spend on a hoodie, or if you're not at your computer at 12 o'clock noon and you didn't have the, and you were at work or something, couldn't order this. And now you can't be a part of hundred thieves and support us. Like that's not the mentality that we're trying to spread and, and convey to our, our, our audience. So we'll figure it out. I would just give us time. You know, the, a lot of these questions and a lot of the, 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 the bumps in the road that we've had, I think people don't really um, understand that we've only been at this for nine months. You know, like nine months is not a lot of time. I mean, it, dude, it's, it, it took us six months of the year just to figure out how to get this type of quality of clothing and to produce it at a scale that we are and, and how to ship it to people. I mean, it's, it's not as simple as people think. Um, so we just need more time. Is, is really my answer. Denny News, thank you, just, you for a call. Can you just uh, never be one of those lame brands that like actually jacks like logos, like no box text logos and stuff like that? Like, do your own, please. I hate that corny stuff. Well, I mean, there's you know di- different strokes for different folks. We'll figure it out. I, 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 the fact, I appreciate the compliment. I'm glad that you like what we're doing so far. Oh, yeah, it's fresh. 
Thanks, uh, man. Travis, I have a quick question for Captain Flowers. It's like two seconds. Thank, thank God. All right, um, what's good? Captain Flowers, why would you ever, uh, you know, take the big downstep in career going from casting uh, Nicholas Paul Scion games to going to the <laughs> World Championships in Korea? That seems like just career suicide, and I'm not sure why anyone in the right mind would do such a thing. Well, you see, my boy Nicholas Paul, after he started my bronze stream, he climbed out of bronze, man. He ascended the mountain, and he got into silver. So after that, my job was done. But I was recently informed by some random guy on Twitter that I think had seven followers and an anime avatar that Nicholas Paul is back in bronze. Sure back enough, bronze? verified my sources. Oh, I looked them up, God. and he's back in bronze. So we might just have to hit up the legend and do another one before the year ends. Well, you know? Can we hit up the real legend of that? The real MVP? Eddie Fucking. Good, yeah. Goodbye, Denny Nukes. Thank you for calling in. <laughs> All, right. All right. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Keep your eyes open. I'll make it an... Yeah. All right. Uh, oh, final final caller. All right. All right. One more guy. I'm going to go yeah. Skarner Alt the last guy. Okay. Be ready. All right. Uh, catching up on subs. Let's see. Uh, Three Greg, Sablu, Leon, 99671, iFalse, World Unbalanced, Toes, 19X, It's Leaper, Grizzly Smiles, Sesamon Cappuccino, Bubba Cola Gift of Sub to Hitstreak, Schleppard for nine months, Bubba Cola Gift of Sub to Mark Z for one year. Mark Z has never paid to sub to my All channel, right, but he's been a sub go. for one year. <clears throat> Simon Bolivar. Welcome to the show. Yes, sir. What's your, uh, where are you calling from? I'm calling from College Station, Texas. Texas, very good. What do you want to talk about on, wait, did you say College Station? Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of like esports stuff from there. In the leagues. Oh, you're kind of cutting out. To them. Oh. Let's see. Okay, maybe we'll just have you say your, your topic. Um, I think if you say like a noise before you start talking, it'll pick up. Oh. Go okay, I'll just talk for a little bit before the actual yeah. question. There we go. So my question is for Nashar. You talked about how different uh, in terms of like roster swaps were more common in the in the community. So it's a little bit different when in League of Legends where like a player can be in the same team for like two seasons. So how do you think the dynamic actually affects your uh, decisions as an owner? Or even like, how are you impressed by how different they are? So I think I I think you cut out a little bit there, but it was about Call of Duty, right? Nate shot coming from the Call of Duty. We had a similar call okay. earlier, but this is okay. I think more broadly the question is like, what what were some of the interesting lessons you learned this year coming from the Call of Duty community and coming into league? Um, I I think the biggest thing for me is multi year contracts. I really love the fact that players are striving to grow with the organization that they play with. Uh, for me, multi-year deals never existed in Call of Duty, and f I think that's super refreshing. You know, players now have a mentality that I'm in this for the long run, and I really have to commit to this program and commit to my career with this team. And so just seeing players, you know, looking to really lock themselves in with an organization for multiple years is super interesting for me, and I think it's super important for esports in general. So short answer is, uh, just the the length of these contracts that you see in uh, in League of Legends is super uh, exciting for me. Captain Flowers, any thoughts on or any questions about Nade Shot coming from Call of Duty and coming to League as a, a team owner or anything he's learned in the past year? Um, is there anything in particular, like just that you think could be applied specifically from 
the Call of Duty world or honestly any other esports world that doesn't exist in League that you think should? I don't know if you can hear me more clearly now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, one second. I mean, there doesn't have to be. Yeah, right? I mean, I mean, truthfully, dude, now I don't know how this is going to come off, but I feel like there needs to be more excitement and passion around winning, right? Mm -hmm. Fnatic made it to the World Championships for the first time uh, since like 2000 and whatever year it was from what I saw. And a European team or like, like a Western team has been in the finals at Worlds. And after these guys won... I think I saw maybe like two players out of the five crack a smile. Listen, if if I'm winning and I'm making it to the world finals on the biggest stage, that many people watching, the adrenaline would have been flowing so much. And I would have just been so excited. I've been jumping around, losing it. Um, and that I, listen, I know people celebrate differently. And there it, there's a ton. The, the, the respectful culture that I see in League of Legends when players win or lose is admirable. And I really love how the players treat each other, but I definitely wouldn't mind seeing a little bit more aggression when it comes to winning. You know, when, when like, for instance, a couple times when our players would uh, win or lose, it was sort of the same temperature and they acted the same as if, you know, nothing was different. And I think for me, it, when I, when I used to scrim uh, and play matches in call of duty, like if a team beat me in a scrim, I was thinking to myself, fuck that. There's no way these guys are better than me. We're going to kick the shit out of them the next time we play them. And I'm out. I'm out for vengeance. Uh, like, I just you sound like me when I play a game of solo queue against the same guy twice in a row. Yeah, right, right, right. But but like with the with the players that I've had on my team and, and the mentality that I've seen from other uh, teams in North America, like when they do like a post game interview or after a game, like there's just so much. It's just lackluster. I just want there to be more drive and passion like to prove like i'm better than you i'm gonna make the most money out of anybody in this league because i'm the absolute best i like i really would love to see more uh captivating personalities so to speak uh whereas from from my experience there isn't a ton of uh social i don't want to say social skills but there's just it's you like very, a more visceral reaction yeah 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 I, I just want people to be more uh hung i want them to be hungry some like, of those are, so legal legends players are making the most money out of any players in any esport and they're living in these incredible houses and they're playing video games for a living like show me you know act like it let's see it i mean you're living out dreams and you get to play on the biggest stage and you're you're making so much money let's fucking go like let's enjoy it bro let's 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 i want to beat everybody that that's how i feel people should be do you uh, feel any of that scenarios. is is a side effect of the the format right so in call of duty uh i know there's like a league but uh i'm sure a lot of the tournaments you won were like one-off mlgs or whatever in league it's like your path is not done yet like fanatic wins semifinals they make it to finals that's great but they have to go to finals and they like they have to win there do you worry that it's like... Uh, no, I don't think so. I, I mean, like, Major League Baseball is a great example, and I'm not trying to make you know, too many comparisons to traditional sports, but after you win the first round in the playoffs, you celebrate. You're popping champagne. After you, after you win, like, um, you know, if, like, the, the, the Sox, they won the American League, and the Dodgers, they won the, um, the National League. As soon as that's over... Like you celebrate that moment, you celebrate that back that victory, and then the next day you're focused on the finals and you're getting right back to work. So I, I don't I don't think it's I don't think it's necessary to 
okay, we won, but this is only one step further to the finals. I mean, it's a different mentality, I guess, but I don't think there's anything wrong with celebrating like those little victories um, that you have on the way to the bigger championship. Yeah. Hey, think, think uh, go ahead, Simon. Uh, I just think that's what like brings to the scene that no other team brings. And it's more like the, it's like a, almost like a tournament mentality in terms of like when you win, you're really happy because you guys were literally the hottest brand in these, like when the season you came in, you got to second, you have killer like merch and really it's because you hype yourself up. Like there are times where you fall because of that, but in the end, like leak does need that. Yeah. I, I think League of Legends has all the things to be successful. I mean, it's been the most, the biggest title in, in the world of competitive gaming since like 2011, 2012, whenever I was streaming on Twitch TV, it was always number one. And it's, I mean, the fact that, the fact that Cloud9 versus Fnatic was the most viewed semifinal of all time and it's 2018 and this game has been out for how long it has is incredible. And that just, that, is so comforting to me now being a part of this community. I'm so excited to continue to build towards the future. But there are just so many different things that I think can always help improve the hype of the game and, and how excited people are about League of Legends esports. I, I really just believe, I, I just wish the, the players were a little bit more vocal and emotional about winning and losing. And, and I know it's a very cerebral game and it's, it's, it's something that you have to be very meticulous and thoughtful about how you play. But I, I definitely, I wish we got to send our players to media training and we got to get, just bring them out of their shells so that they, they really can understand what they're doing for the, for a living and, and uh, just be having, having more of a winning mentality, I think is really important. Hey, thank you so much, Simon, for calling in. Thanks a lot, dude. Yeah. Have a good one. All right. Uh, that is the show. I know we said we we're going to talk about finals more, but we did talk about it in the, uh, in the other section of the show so i feel pretty good uh about it um, a lot of scarner alt targets rest of them bought qss ff captain flowers do you want to say anything about finals coming up this weekend you're going to be casting it it's going to be hype y'all better be there i'm going to ban you from this chat if you aren't it's cool. super exciting man congrats on the cast I'm, I'm looking forward to watching yo thanks a lot buddy i appreciate that yo before we get off here nade shot i have a very important task for you Okay, I like tasks. I like it. Yeah, this is this is a mission. Task yeah. isn't good enough. This is a fucking mission. I'd like this. You you've gotta you gotta step hundred thieves up to number one uncontested team in NALCX NALCS next split. Not for yourself, not for your brand, for your org, for your sponsors, for any of those people, but for my mom, because my mom is a huge one hundred thieves fan, and I get a bunch of angry emojis. Every time y'all lose, listen. We got to get rid of those emojis. I'm I'm putting everything on the line this next year for Mrs. Flowers. I'm gonna do right by her and your entire family, and we are gonna make Hundred Thieves the number one team in North America in the world, esports, League of Legends, video games. We're gonna do it. We're gonna, right. we're gonna take over. All right, I'm gonna hold you to that. I'm gonna look up this bod. I'm gonna send that to my parents. I'm gonna be like, Yo, Nade Shot said, shit's going down. It'll also be a great VOD for me if they fail to do that because I'll just release that at the end of... Dude, Travis, uh, you are such a fucking buzzkill, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
serious. No, no, no. This is this is one of the fun right. things about the show is that we uh, we have a lot of callers that call in and make crazy predictions, like Cloud Nine's going to make semifinals. Uh, and so it's it's always fun to re- release those and celebrate that shit. Uh, Dude, and- we're going to the shit, man. I want to see Team Liquid spring split finals rematch, and we're going to stomp them. Be ready. All right. I mean, you've had – I thought your, your clap back to uh, – to Steve, whenever he said how you how you sleep in ahead of the match, and you said made it to finals, and you haven't you know done this for that was good. Little did we know how poorly things would go after that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Little did we know. But it was wow. a good it was a good clapback. Um, hey, it was man, a good clapback. you were still willing to flex. I can respect that. Yeah. Hey, listen. If if any team owners want this smoke on on Twitter, I'm I'm ready to queue it up. Steve uh, in well, chat right now says fucking. Dude, if you wall. can't talk shit on Twitter, why do you even have an account? Yeah, man. Listen, Steve got into uncharted territory. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> Shout out to Steve in chat right now. Yeah, Ste- I like Steve, though. Yeah. Steve yeah. Steve likes to flex, too. That's yeah. what's fun to watch. Now, Steve wants to win, bro. He wants to win more than anything. And I love that, dude. Yeah. He put together like an all-star team this year and came out the gates swinging. Um, I like Steve. I, I mean, he, dude, he's making League of Legends esports more interesting. Uh, well, before we get into uh, just wrap up here with with folks giving shout outs, I just want to say thanks so much for coming on the show, Nate Shot, because I know uh, I it's funny. I put out this video while I was in Korea. I was like, well, this is uh, this is the major problem I see with 100 Thieves right now. Uh, I, I won't say any names, but there are team owners past or present who would hold a grudge against me for doing that. I think it was cool to see that within a couple of hours later, somebody's tweeting me basically saying that you were down. You had said that on your, yeah, your stream that you yeah. were down. So I thought that was really well, cool. Well, uh, listen, Travis, thanks for having me on. Captain Flowers, I know you're busy. I appreciate you taking the time. The last thing that I would like to say is, I've said it once on the show, I don't mean to sound like a politician when I come on this. I, I think I definitely got a lot more comfortable as time went on on, on Hotline League tonight. Uh, it's, it's, it's difficult to try to wear the hat of my personality, you know, on stream and in my videos, but then also be like super, super professional and, and try to be well-spoken and articulate and, 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 and not have people too angry with the way that I reply. I don't know. I, I feel like I was kind of walking on eggshells at the beginning. We're not at a hundred thieves. Like there are no strings attached to the way that we act and, and, and what we're trying to do. I, I, I just, I want to convey as much as I can, how genuine, we are trying to be with the way that we entered the space and how we're trying to take care of players and, and how we're trying to build our program. This, is, this isn't smoke and mirrors. I mean, this is just a group of people that really love competitive gaming. They love helping build the careers of players and we love content. We love everything about this world and we are going to do better. Um, I, you know, it's one of those things where I, I keep saying we're, we're going to show you in 2019, like me telling you this is not doing much. But you're just going to have to give us some time. And I apologize for all the bumps in the road that we had. Uh, but it's, this isn't uh, we're not trying to pull a fast one on the league community. We're going to we're going to do a bit better, be better at communicating. And uh, hopefully you guys will see that in the future. Yeah. Well, cheers to that, Nate. I think you definitely right. killed it this year and really impressed with uh, as one of the, the noon faces to the league. So thanks so much. Thanks to Captain Flowers as well. Best of luck in there. We go. Thank, best of luck in Korea. Uh, you fly out tomorrow. Uh, Thanks, everyone, for watching. This has been Hotline League, episode 